Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BALDMOVE to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to do our Season 5A wrap-up cast. Uh, it's been a season of up and downs, I think. <laughs> uh, sure. But it, had, it had a valley in the middle, we'll say that. Yeah? Yeah. A pretty deep, dark valley. Yeah. Uh, we didn't quite dig our way out of it at the end, but almost? Almost? It, the, the last episode was okay. Uh we're going to talk about some of our death predictions sure. from before the season, see how those turned out. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we thought of the season, this, this half season, as it compares to others, probably. Uh, do, is there anything else we want to talk about during this? I think that we have, this might be the rare Watching Dead segment or podcast that has a longer spoiler segment than main cast, because I just have okay. a ton of things that I need to talk about in the spoiler section, you know, mm-hmm. looking forward and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, sounds like sounds like a reason. We got tons of feedback too. Uh I think I think we're gonna have no shortage of things to talk about. Okay. Before we put this thing in cryo sleep for two months. <laughs> well, where do you want to start? Uh first of all, off just my last opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going for broke here. Don't forget about our survey. Last chance uh, to tell us what you think. Uh, we're closing it up and uh, compiling it at the beginning of the year. So if you want your voice to be heard as far as how we can do things better, tell us how we're doing things now, you can go to survey.baldmove.com. It'll take about five minutes to uh, polish off that uh, multiple choice quiz, and uh, we'll be in your in your debt. Um, yeah. You know, Christmas is coming up. Uh, Amazon.baldmove.com, super important, super great way to so- support us and uh, beat the Christmas rush yourself. And, and stick uh, it to Bezos. I mean, really, that's what I'm all about. You got to stick to Bezos. Got to stick it to Bezos. So yeah. I want a couple rolls of penny in my stockings this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, if you're looking for stocking stuffer, uh, digital version of my book <laughs> for Walking <laughs> okay. Dead, book.baldmove.com. Yeah, Again, yeah. last opportunity. I'm going all out because uh, we uh, we, we've, we've got a special surprise in the pimping section. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Where do we want to start with the the season? Do you want to go right into our death predictions and we can laugh about those? I don't or... know. What do you want to do? We talked. We kind of already talked about the season as a whole. Yeah, we did a lot of that in the last episode. It, it's hard for me to, you know, comparison to other seasons. It's getting harder and harder as it goes by. As there are more and more seasons. <laughs> and it, and it, well, and it just feels like they're all the same. There's two or three good disappear episodes two or three okay to kind of head scratchers and one or two god-awful ones and yeah it's like do you i mean it feels like that the first half of season two is like all-time bad it feels like the back <laughs> half of season three is kind of all-time bad mm-hmm. the governor stretch is in the first half of season four but it had some really strong stuff in the prison i it's really hard. I mean, almost every other show, series I can think of, I it, it's it's pretty easy to think of like which ones I did I enjoy the most. But mm-hmm. I enjoy 
it's much harder. I mean, it's, it feels like to me season yeah. one is the best. The, the thing still that... <laughs> with all of its you problems, might be right, and then everything else kind of fits in in there. Yeah, I, I feel like with all the confusion that they kind of left on the table, uh, at least for me, I mean, a lot of these episodes confused me more than anything. Um, yeah. A lot of the motivations weren't clear. A lot of the just straight up the plot wasn't clear on a lot of these things. Uh, and I feel like that's an effect of this jumping jumping around in time, um, which is something they haven't done before. Uh, they, they at least haven't done much of. They did some with the governor stuff, but that was about it. Um, I feel like that really brought this season down for me quite a bit. So let's talk a couple things about ways we think Walking Dead took some leaps forward this year. Okay. And I've got a couple. Like... It felt I was somewhat worried that they would stretch the Gareth and Terminus uh, plot line out and we would have a Terminus thing that's kind of like a half season, Mm -hmm. which is still like, you know, one and a half season shorter than the prison arc. But still, it's like I was going to say prison farm like they have a history of doing that and, and being able to essentially spring everyone out of Terminus in one episode and dealing with Gareth in an episode or two beyond that and just moving on yeah. was refreshing. Similarly, the hospital, I got some problems with that, but it was introduced, dealt with. I don't feel like we'll ever come back to it in, in a single half season. Yeah. Keeping Walking Dead mobile feels like it's the way to go. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I think you're right. That helped. The pacing of this season helped a lot with my enjoyment of it. And I think, you know, maybe... Maybe they went slightly too fast because they glossed over some details that I thought were important about the plot. Uh, I think some of that was just, you know, not not the greatest directing, not the greatest writing. Um, but yeah, the pace at which this season went was entertaining, certainly. I, I never felt that moment where I was like, oh my God, they need to get off this farm. They need to get out of this prison. That didn't ever happen. The hospital didn't even feel like that when they spent, you know, roughly two episodes there spread out a little bit. That worked for me. Yeah, the hospital was kind of confusing and muddled as far as motivation yes. and exactly what we were supposed to feel about exactly what characters at any given moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, it didn't feel like it drug on. No. Um, what do you think, as far as their jumbled storytelling, the fact that, you know, the Morgan stuff comes by apparently months after, and the first sequence mm-hmm. we see him pop on screen... We're supposed to take a clue from the ivy growing up on the signs. The second time he pops back on her screen, we're supposed to take a clue from the fact that I guess the the magazines that uh, Father Gabriel looked at are now yellowed instead of fresh looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they also go backwards and forwards, and they have little cliffhangers like you know Daryl ending, uh, you know who's he bringing back to the church and all that. Yeah, that jumbled kind of disoriented sense of time storytelling. Thumbs up or thumbs down or neutral? You know, I, I want to say I'm neutral on it because I just don't think they executed well enough. I don't think it's a bad storytelling device. I just don't think that they pulled it off how I would like them to pull it off in the Tarantino-esque way that he does. I mean, he, he's a master at that. He's done it in multiple movies. Um, and, and it can work. I just don't think they did it well enough. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you there because I don't I know it can work. I've seen it work in yeah. lots of other and I don't think there's any particular reason why 
it can't work for The Walking Dead. It just is one of those things where I don't know. You really have to have people on point, and you have to have professionals. Have you seen that in a TV show before, or is it just movies? Because movies, it's all in one sitting. You know, you're there to watch the thing. You're going to get the conclusion of it in the two hour time frame. Yeah, you're not waiting two months to see the conclusion of the Rick storyline or the Beth storyline. No, for sure, I've seen television shows do that somewhat and it's usually of the variety of like a, a, a cold open that's a flash forward sure v- you know but very it's, small it's, doses it's contained of it. within a uh-huh. single episode yeah very rarely do you see things where you, you you're playing around with time and it's it's yeah it's gutsy <laughs> it's also like it works best when you're talking about like first almost first person narratives like what you're following a hero or a person as they go back and forth through that uh, I see. whereas an ensemble I felt like that was one of the problems is a lot of people were feeling confused. Like, wait, how much time just passed? We know yeah. some time passed, but did time go backwards? And, and there weren't enough clues to keep us anchored along. It's kind of like, you know, if you're going to play fast and loose with the language of cinema, you need uh, to go extra use a little, uh, make a little extra work for the audience or, or go do a little extra work to give the audience a breadcrumb they can follow. Yeah. You might be right about that. Uh, I, I think they tried something ballsy. I respect that. I just don't know if it was executed to as high a level as I would have liked. Um, so I don't what know. Other, what other takeaways? I, I, have uh, one, I have another one, but if you've got one, let's alternate. Well, I don't have any big takeaways. I was going to ask you how you thought they handled like, the reuniting of the group kind of a couple of times this episode, this season, right? They, they reunited Carol and Tyrese, and we knew that was going to be a tense moment. Yeah. Um, and then they reunited the group at the end of this season, which kind of goes back into the timeline stuff. How do you think they, they handled those reunitings? The first half, I mentioned this, you know, uh, when we talked about the first episode, I thought that they, that all felt real. Like, you know, Rick reuniting with Carol and asking to be part of her group if they'll have her or she'll have them uh, felt real. It felt great. Um, yeah. Her and Tyrese. I feel like they're in a good spot. Uh, her and Daryl, like everything would it have felt. Su- would it have surprised you in season four if I were to say they're going to reunite Carol and Tyrese and Rick in a way that isn't explosive in any way, and yet it's going to be satisfying? That's hard because I have to <laughs> right? go back. I wasn't vision, sure what I was what I was expecting. I was expecting some fireworks, like yeah. before. Before, like, Carol killed Lizzie and she she kind of made up with Tyrese and vice uh-huh. versa, I was expecting fireworks when the group got back together. Yeah. Because Tyrese was going to put pressure on Rick to re-banish her, and, like, that's the kind of narrative that was going on in my head. None of that happened, and yet I still didn't mind. I thought it all came together pretty well. Well, I mean, I think that's one point where kudos to The Walking Dead. The yeah. uh, Grove episode did a lot to kind of put that enmity between, that you'd have between... Tyrese and Carol behind them. Yeah. Carol single-handedly saving everyone is going to go a long way like you think it would with with Rick showing that you can, you know, if your primary thing is I can't trust you around my family. Yeah. Well, she just saved your entire family, so now what? Sure. And she didn't have to, and she would also you had given her a very good reason the banishment to not bother. Yeah, I felt like there was going to be more of a struggle when she came back. Right. Uh, within Rick saying, should I or shouldn't I let her stay? No, nah, I mean... And there really wasn't. And and it, again, kudos to them sense, for yeah. writing that and, and getting them to the line where that felt natural. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, one big takeaway is stop putting walkers in water. 
Water zombies. I don't mind it nearly as much as you do. Water but. zombies aren't scary in the way they're doing them. Water law. Okay, water uh-huh. zombies might be scary. Like if you zombies had to swim in the water. through a forest of corpses. Yeah. In in underwater. Yeah. Like uh, you kelp, know, big trouble, little China style, corpses. except for they're live and they're trying to bite you. Uh huh. That would be cool. Bloated corpses just thrashing around in, in the waist deep water. I've seen every bit of that. I need to see. <laughs> between the farm and the well okay. and the library i don't need to see i don't need to see zombies getting hosed down sure yeah uh i don't i need, I don't need to see any mixture of water and zombies all right what point. about fire and zombies fire and zombies are a clear winner there i can do okay. more with melted zombies i could <laughs> use some blackened skeleton zombies i uh-huh. could i could zombies walking around on fire not giving a fuck yep i need all of that i'm i'm big big you know war to uh fire zombies boo to water zombies that's so, my philosophy basically you're saying you've now bought into the idea that uh Mazzaro was not telling us the truth when he said that zombies baked in the sun uh inside cars and that is enough to kill a zombie so bring on the fire zombies yeah no okay. obviously i always Good. thought that was a Good. lie we that we always made fun of that so yes yes yeah. i'm more than willing to assume that glenn mazare <laughs> was was lying about a bunch of shit good okay. Although i think it's funny that um you know alan sepinwall and dan feinberg did a hell of a job breaking down the walking dead on our podcast this week and i found it hard to disagree with anything they said and okay. you know i i thought alan had this really good breakdown where it's like you know darabont was like dark and brooding and cinematic. Yeah. Glenn Mazzara was straight up like action adventure. Gimple is a fusion of the two with a little bit more uh, emphasis on character development. Okay. And I feel like all that's true. There's just some bumps, you know, and, and I don't know whether it's from his inexperience. I don't know if this is Kirkman's top down bullshit. I don't, really don't know who to blame. But mm-hmm. it's just n- hasn't quite gelled in, in two years yet. I feel like I've been most satisfied. Like, if I can't have Darabont running this entire thing right. top to bottom, then I've been most satisfied with Gimple. Sure. If you, if you take Gimple or Mazera, Mazera oversaw a couple of shit shows. Well, plus, I'll tell you this much. I might grant that things were more consistent in Mazera universe. But the highs on Gimple are a lot higher. Really? I see. I, I thought there were the, some. I don't think that the lows are any particular lower. It just feels like that. You know, I, I'd I, and I guess that's if I'm if I'm keeping score at home, I'd rather see a couple home runs and then some just turds. You know, some some <laughs> then, ground then consistently outs, mediocre. Then just consistent like you know single single single. Mm. You know, walks. I, yeah. I want to. Yeah, you want you want to see. You want somebody to defenses. dunk it rather than take the layup. Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. You want to see someone gotcha. challenge and say, "Well, I, I might get it wrong, but I'm going to push these characters around and do some transformation and do some changes, rather than keep them in stasis for an entire season." Yeah, that's season two. My God. Uh, but then season two has one of the biggest moments I thought of the series with Sophia in the barn. I mean, that was an exceptional episode. Great moment. Yeah. But it, I don't know. It's almost like the anti-Beth because it spent too much time yeah. leading up to it and setting the oh, groundwork yeah. and having care and dare and everybody's invested and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a, a happy medium between 
Maggie's whole Beth who routine. Yeah. And where's Sophia? We're worried about Sophia. Sophia's <laughs> been missing. We got to find Sophia. You know, well, good. Yeah. If they're gone for 24 hours and dead. That's I mean, what it is, man. Carl yeah. was just looking for attention. That's why he snuck <laughs> out, right? Everybody's so concerned about Sophia, sure. Sophia. Sure. Where's Carl, Carl? That's what I want to know if I'm Carl. Yeah, nobody gives so a fuck. So I sneak out and I, go, and I look at cows. That's what I do. Uh, okay, so what else do you have to talk about as far as uh, this season goes before we get into death predictions? Uh, strangely, I'm, I, I continue to look forward to season 5B. And I'll talk more about it in the spoiler section, but I okay. think there's... I don't I don't know. I there's definitely a lot of tread still left on the story and that what they're going is kind of interesting and it's going to be potentially something different than we've we've seen yet. I th- I think so. I hope so. And whereas it feels like to this point in the Walking Dead history, you get a lot of the same themes, they just get bigger and tougher to deal with. Mhm. And it's about time for them to flip the script on some of this stuff. And, you know, like the fact that humans are a bigger threat than the undead, the fact that you're always going to find a bigger and bigger shit bag, Uh, the fact that Rick's group is always right and they're never wrong and they're always morally justified. Or if they're not morally justified, they're more morally justified than whoever they're fighting against. Mm-hmm. I think it's about time about to turn the tables and, and and examine that. And if the show goes in that direction, you know, it can be interesting for years to come. So Yeah, I feel like they've hit the they've hit the issue of should we or shouldn't we kill people? Yeah. Should we or shouldn't we take people into our group so many times now? Yeah. Uh and you've had like kind of every character has had to go through that arc on screen. Sure. We don't really need to see that anymore, right? I'm I'm okay with where Rick's at. Rick is the kind of guy who is not going to trust people sure. until they give him a reason to. Right. Uh, keep him there. I'm okay if he stays there. I also feel like that the this concept of zombie herds mm. are kind of the smoke monster from Lost of Walking <laughs> Dead. What do you mean? And that this is this threat that's kind of mysterious and ill-defined, and it's certainly impactful, and you've seen it teased, but it's where they need to shit or get off the pot with these huge herds. Like... Yeah, and, and we got a taste of it in the climax of season two where they got ran off the bar, but that was a a small herd. Yeah, that herd that we bumped into in the early going of season four uh, when they were oh when they were driving to the school to the to the college, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they saw mm-hmm. just like the endless sea of walkers, and they had to fight kind of the way out the the yeah. you know where there Tyrese was like goes all hammer. People on. were saying like estimates of five to ten thousand. And and where we saw it to like the dairy farm or wherever the hell it was like this season. Yep. What that is a that is a huge threat. Like if mm-hmm. you, I don't care if you got a thousand survivors in a well defended city, a ten thousand walkers, you're not going to be able to deal with it. Yeah, you are not going to be able to deal with it. And yeah. how do you deal with that? No amount of tires and bow girls. Yeah, <laughs> shitty no, bow no girls. No amount of shitty bow girls. Are gonna fend off that herd, and and uh, <laughs> you know, ninja warrior chicks are going to get you through that. Like you, you've, yeah, you've got to you've got to develop countermeasures or, or ways of dealing with it, and mm-hmm. it's going to be super interesting if they, if if they choose to go in that direction. That's an expensive direction to go to. Yeah, I really hope they head off towards Richmond to help Noah. That's what I really hope. Yeah, is that and, and that where he comes from? 
Yeah, yeah. He he said he comes from Richmond, Virginia. His dad's there. He might want to go back there. Uh-huh. They no longer have a mission, so why not, right? He said it was a safe place. Right. So head that direction. Sounds cool. Yeah, and how you know how long do you want to see him on the road versus getting to a destination? Yeah. Um. I don't. Yeah. There's lots of lots of cool stuff to talk about. Do you want to get to death uh, predictions now? Sure. Times Buster it. Chops. So, if you go back and you listen to our season five preview cast, we make. Uh, actually, all of our preview casts, we do death predictions, who we think is going to die, and the percentage of certainty that we have. <laughs> we do it in a very sloppy way, so uh, a lot of these don't actually have percentages. They're more like, oh, I think one of these three people will die this season. There's always, there's so it's a always hybrid percentages. There's a very pseudoscientific, yeah. quasi-statistical analysis kind of model i couldn't i couldn't pull i've got actually i got actuary tables for these guys come on, it's it's pure science all right pure science i i'll believe it when i see it but uh <laughs> let's go through these real quick so we we started off by saying okay who are the main characters and who uh which of those do we think are going to die rick michonne carl we all said zero percent on those those are those are series long characters in our opinion we are goddamn geniuses yes we, we are 100 percent Hundred percent validated in that uh, choice selection. The uh, the next one starts to get a little controversial. It's Daryl. Uh, we did both the half season and the full season predictions on this. Uh, I gave Daryl ten percent in the half season to die, and twenty five percent in the overall season. The two halves to die. Uh, so I'm I'm not leaning toward Daryl dying this season. You on the other hand, you gave him the twenty five percent to die this season. So you did pretty good on that on the half season. You better hope that he dies next season because you gave it 75% to die in season 5B. I still feel good about that. You do? I still feel good about that. And the beauty so of it we is... we talked about... If the beauty of it is is 25%, like, that gives me some wiggle room. Like, you're all about the wiggle room. Like, 75% is like, I, I feel like that's that's a great prediction mm-hmm. because you can still tell you, if, if he dies, you can take credit and say, and I was 75% sure. That's a majority. It's clear majority. It's a, it's a, it's a landslide. Uh-huh. But if he but doesn't die. 25 is a significant amount of doubt. It's a reasonable <laughs> doubt. You can cloak yourself that reasonable doubt, keep yourself warm at night. So you like the wishy-washiness of the percentage system, whereas I would just go to a yes-no. This half season, will he die? Yes or no? I'm trying to think what's more entertaining for people to listen to. I th- I feel like the wig, the more I need room to wiggle. All right, I've got I've got a lot of things I need to wiggle here, and I need the room in which to do that. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm gonna swing elbows, and you know, I, I don't I don't need to be called for those fouls. And people just need to back up, give me some space. I need the wiggle room. Okay, well you can maintain it. We'll keep do you doing know. Here, here's the thing, mm-hmm. and if you ever say this, I will call you out for your horseshit. A sixty-five percent. That's that is a that is a chicken shit response. Because seventy-five twenty-five. It's, every, is fine. It's, it's all of the it's all of the great things I said about seventy-five twenty-five. So so you're okay. with mm-hmm. with ten percent chicken shit because mm-hmm. now it's like that's that's like you you know it's it's you 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 think you sound. I mean it's it's roughly as brave as saying fifty-fifty. Can we agree that fifty-fifty is complete bullshit? Fifty-fifty. No, I don't know. Because then mean, you're a hundred percent right, even if you're a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> like fifty-fifty is, well, I was half right, no matter what happens. I mean, fifty-fifty is is a is, is probability. I mean, I feel like that. That's like where it's like you almost don't know. It's I would equally buy 
them dying versus not buying. So I guess this is kind of it's like an, your, I don't know. It's this, opting out of the question. You know what the percentage is? Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, how surprised you would be for them to die, and that's why I think sixty five percent is horseshit because it's like trying to inject certainty where you really don't feel any. Like step up to se- if you're going to go sixty five, gotcha. step up to seventy five. So you're be talking about quarter quarter increments here. Yeah. You don't want any of this in between. 25, 50, 75, or nothing. Yeah. Like, you can even go, like, 55, 45 if you want to say I'm leaning towards, like, oh I'd be slightly God. this. But six, 65, I think we can all agree <laughs> that 65, 35 is a complete mm-hmm. abdication of any kind of, of discussion or choice at all. Hmm. You're not buying where, it. Where, where does the percentage tip over the edge to you can say you're wrong? If it's not 100%. And well, zero, yeah, 100%. is it 90 and 10? Is 90, the 10%, 10 sure. enough to leave enough doubt that, well, that was 10%, 90, right? 10, 90, 10, you can crow about a little bit. A okay. Little bit. I think 75%, like, that's the thing. Like, you can bust someone. At 75% is the line where you can start to bust chops. But the 25% right. gives you cover. I'm 100% not... moving on. <laughs> uh, so the next one was kind of grouped together. Okay. We, we had this discussion about Maggie and Glenn. Um, kind of being a couple, and you know, one of them might die. We don't think both of them are going to die, and so we gave like a uh, a rough idea of what we thought about Maggie, Glenn, and Beth. Hell, I think it's statistically valid to treat them as a unit. They're married. Federal government does it. Yeah, but we kind of treated Beth as part of that same unit too. It gets a little weird, but why not? <laughs> it does. Uh, Beth died. Neither of us really gave like certain predictions on this, like percentages. Really? We just said, oh, I think if, if Glenn dies, Maggie probably won't, or vice versa. And if Beth dies, neither Glenn or Maggie will die. It was kind of a package deal for all three of them. What did we actually say? So what was the, what was the breakdown? Here's what we said. Uh, okay, how about Glenn and Maggie? Let's, let's take them as a couple because uh, that's how we've done it in the past. I thought last year I said a 50-50 chance that one of them die. Yep. I'm going to say 100% chance oh. that one of them dies in season five, not the midseason. Well, I think they are ripe for the picking. I think one of them, certainly, and potentially both of them die together. And Beth isn't That'd big enough for us to give a shit when she dies. No, I don't care about Beth. Like I said earlier, she's right. not th- that important of a character to me at all. Do you stand by everything that was just said? Yeah. Yeah, 100% accurate on that. About Beth not giving a shit when she dies. Yeah, just didn't care. Didn't care, man. Hmm. I cared I, I cared about Doodlebug. Cared more than you thought at the end of last season? Like, did she evolve enough in that hospital for you to change your opinion on her at all? No, but I liked her last she didn't season. For me. And here's the thing. Her last season, yeah, but I still didn't care that much. Who has died on The Walking Dead that you really did give a shit about? Mm. Lori... You know, we had the Fiesta cast and everything. I thought Bob was pretty rough. Lori packed yeah, Bob a punch. Was pretty rough. Lori packed a punch because, yeah. because they just brought it that day. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, I'm glad Even she, though, I was glad yes. she died long term. You're right. You're right. I'm um, trying to think of anyone like T Dog was a dis you know, Merle? I mean Mer- like only only because of what it meant to Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I don't think there's been a death where I've just been absolutely crushed. And part of that is because I don't feel like they've done an exceptional job of connecting me to all of these characters. Sure, Like they seem, they don't want to kill the main characters and the main characters are the only ones that they've really built up an affinity for. Right. So why am I going to care? I mean, Jackie and Jenner was poignant, but Uh Jenner, we just met and Jackie had had like 
three speaking parts before she announced that she was going to commit suicide. Andrea's death only Jim meant something because good. of what she meant to Michonne, really. Yeah, at and that we, point, we were everyone was kind of out on the whole Andrea experiment. Yeah. So, on the one, on the other hand, just about damn near everyone they kill at this point is going to be impactful to some to some extent. Not Rosita, not Tara. Uh, I think those are two that are expendable at this point. Sure. Um, now maybe they might develop them into better characters. Sure. And they're starting with that with Rosita. They're going backwards with Tara. Uh, Abraham, I don't feel bad. I don't feel sad if Abraham dies. Tyrese, I would have a year ago, but Tyrese has yeah. been annoying. Yeah, you're right. They've kind of made Sasha. I'd feel bad, but she kind of like you know, it's kind of like merciful if if because she's she's. I mean, definitely Carol. I'd feel that Carol, that would have a punch to it. I mean, Carol and Daryl. And mm-hmm. and I would still feel like if they did something to Maggie and Glenn, I have enough residual affection for those characters. Michonne. Michonne, I mean, for sure. Definitely. Carl and Rick, but I just don't worry about they them. They won't. They no, have they won't unbeatable character shields. <laughs> all right. So all right, let's move on. I stand by all that. I, I feel like, and I'm, uh, I'm 100% sure mm-hmm. that either Glenn or Maggie will not see get to the end of the season. Okay, cool. And uh, I still I still stand by my 75% on on the Daryl too. Now, I yeah. will say that I bought I based a lot of my thoughts that Daryl would be would would die mm-hmm. um based on my understanding of what I thought his contract was, but someone emailed me a couple weeks ago and said yeah. that Norman Reedus didn't didn't have a starring contract in the first year as a recurring role. Yeah. And it was a weird six episode season. So I don't know if my math on any of these people are right because I can't believe that a six episode season, you know, usually things are ordered to pilot and then they might pick it up or might not. You know, they just ordered a, a, a six episode season sight unseen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that does with the standard contracts. And when I say standard contract, I mean the standard five year. Yeah, yeah you know, series contract that people get. Sure, which is what you were basing your prediction on Daryl about. On. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're right. He might extend into season six as part of his five-year contract. But um, on the other hand, unlike Andrew see... Lincoln, he, like Andrew Lincoln and, you know, Chandler Riggs and those guys, they're, they're, season, they're series regulars from the very start. Sure, sure. Daryl Dixon was not. Yeah, which um, is amazing when you think about it because it yeah. seems like he's been, but he didn't really get introduced until... Episode three. Episode three. Yeah. Uh, and he was barely in one of the other episodes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he was he was big breakout hit character, but he was in less than half of the the screen the footage. Yep. Yep. You're right. Uh, so we did some discussion about who we think is likely to die, uh, and I, I brought this up as likely. I thought Abraham, Rosita, or Eugene, like someone from that new group who we had just met in last season was going to die. And this You're half talking season. half season? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, I, I think it was half season. All my predictions are going to go half season. Um, that obviously didn't happen, although Eugene came damn close. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Near the end there. Uh, Sasha and Bob. I didn't really give an answer, but you said 0%. Whoops. Yeah, Bob Bob definitely got it. That was leftover because I remember using that logic in season four that like Herschel or Bob could die, but not both, because they need a uh, medic. Bob, a lot of people forget he was a he was a medic. Yeah. Combat medic at uh-huh. that. There are no more people with solid medical training. 
right? Well, I mean, like the Maggie... doctor from the hospital, maybe he goes with them at the end. Nah, fuck Who that. knows? He's got a little bit, but like, you know. Well, he's a fucking doctor. He's but, a real doctor. He's I, the most trained of sure. any of the people we've met. But assuming we got who we got, Maggie knows a little bit. And uh-huh. Carol seems to know a little bit. But it's just a little bit. It's not yeah. like having... It's what they picked up from It's Herschel. not going to school for years and then having years of practice or you know, yeah. applying this on a battlefield or, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's going to be stuff you picked up looking over someone's shoulder. Yeah. So... You think that'll be relevant to the plot? Uh, it's a good question. They had multiple episodes to touch on it this season. Maybe they just didn't want to, but they certainly didn't. Yeah. So maybe? Like, I don't even know if that's on their radar. Right. That, oh, my God, we've lost all of our medics. Right. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, in the next half season. Uh, so, yeah, I had a big fat N.A. on Sasha and Bob. Tara, neither of us care. We both said we don't care. <laughs> okay. Uh, and she made it through. Whether whether you like Tara or not, she made it through. She made it through. Judith. Congratulations. Uh, neither of us gave an answer. We we got off on a tangent after mentioning Judith. And then finally, Carol. Uh, I was 80% sure that Carol was going to die. So I was only 20% dumbass. <laughs> Yeah, that's like strong. That's that's way strong. I think you should have stayed at seventy five percent, man. <laughs> You'd be feeling pretty smart if you were seventy five percent. Twenty five percent, because she came as close as you can get to dying. She I mean, did. it was a miraculous Terrell Owens type recovery. She made it to the hospital in the final minutes, really. Yeah, of, of season yeah. five A that enabled her to not die. And it was a move that just as likely could have killed her. Sure, right? Because Beth administering drugs to someone, she has a fifty fifty record <laughs> right now. Yeah. She's one and one. Sure. So, um, but uh, you said so. Your your answer was a little more complicated. You said if I'm sensing a pattern here, Jim. <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern. If they ship Carol and Tyrese, if they hook them up, uh huh. You said she was a hundred percent to die. So All they, right. So they did not hook so them that up. Logic gate did not engage. Sure, that's good. Otherwise, you said. Carol has a 50% chance to die, and Tyrese has a 0%. All right. So you went with the least sure of all answers, in my opinion, which is 50-50. Sure. On Carol. But I took a stand on Tyrese, 0%. That's uncompromising. Yeah, I didn't even mention Tyrese. Boom. So. Well, all right. less about Tyrese, the better. Can we talk about the Judith, Judith problem? Because I've yet to hear anyone with a compelling answer to how this isn't going to turn into fucking full house of the apocalypse. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I mean, like, there's no way Judith dies, mm-hmm. or we have Mary Kate and Cash and, and Ashley Olsen on and Cashley Olsen and Cashley Olsen. <laughs> is a whole other thing. We've got that on The Walking Dead, and I don't know if that's cool, man. I don't know if that's uh, cool. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. So I mean, they're going to age out of the role. They're going to have to get new babies. Of course. Um, but it's, that's what I'm saying. There's a huge gap. Like, when does a, a a a little girl or little boy become interesting in The Walking Dead? It's right around Carl's age, right? Yeah. We've got a long, annoying road ahead of us if Judith continues to live. Yeah, although they tend, I, I feel like the, in the last half of this season, um, or the last half of this half season, they kind of ignored the Judith problem quite a bit. I mean, they left 
they left some people back at the church so as not to bring a baby with them on a mission. Sure. That's a good idea. But, like, the way Michonne is handling that baby, just strapping it to her back like Yoda and swinging around wildly and... They don't make very many accommodations to her. Yes. So I feel like that is not going to be a huge factor in the story. She's just kind of going to be in the background until she's ready to die. Or until she's put in danger, inevitably, yet again. Let's see if we can remember to talk about that in the spoiler section, because I kind of... I might... You saying that, I might have some ideas. So let's do a little pimping before we get to the feedback. Sure. Uh, This week, we are sponsored by our newest sponsor, Harry's. Have you heard of these, uh, like, shaving clubs? Sure. Where you sign up and you get, like, X amount of blades per month? Have you seen me lately? You know I've got very little recent experience. It's been... Yes. Uh, well over a year since last time Blade touched my my cheeks. For sure. I, however, am dolphin smooth. You... I, I am good to go. Uh, and Harry's contacted me and said, we love how smooth you are. You are you are smoother. You are like a, dolph- a, a newborn dolphin's butt. <laughs> That's roughly how smooth you look to me right now. Pretty much. So Harry sent me a kit, and I tried it out. I'm a, I'm a not super frequent shaver. I shave two or three times a week. So I'm not an everyday shave. Jealous. If I don't, I've, I, I have <laughs> I have a five o'clock shadow at noon. If I, I back when yeah. I used to shave, yeah, I have a five o'clock shadow next Tuesday. <laughs> like, <laughs> not a problem for me. Uh, but they have packages kind of tailored to that. So they say like, do you shave every day? We'll get this package, and this will last you through the month. Uh, they have packages for infrequent shavers like me. Mm. Packages for like beard trimmers, stuff like that. Um, so they sent me a package. And they sent uh, razor, aftershave, and shaving cream. I got to say, it's probably the best shave I've ever had. Like, wow. no joke, no joke. And you know when I say no joke, I mean it. <laughs> uh, the, the razor itself is really good. It's like, it's a weighty handle. It's yeah, got like, I like a flexible head to it. I like Because we kind of oohed and odd over it when we first got it in the studio. Oh, and the packaging that it comes in looks fantastic. Now, I don't know if that's only for the, uh, the podcaster kit package, I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure it's for everybody. Should have done an unboxing video on YouTube. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, definitely. Uh, but I was super impressed with the razor. It's got four blades. None of this cheap two-blade crap that you get at other places. Because mm. I've done that. I've gone that route, and it's not good. Uh, so much better shave from this thing. The The shaving cream is awesome. It smells, it smells kind of like the men's department in a department store. Hmm, like a blend of several manly masculine scents yes. all wafting together. Yes. I, I really like that. I like how it smells, like how it feels. Yeah. It's, uh, th- nothing nothing better than a freshly shaved face. Like sure. that feeling you get when you just, you wouldn't know. You oh, wouldn't know. That. You've got a beard. You've long forgotten that, that feeling. Remember that. You, sh- you shave. You, you, you walk outside this time of year. It's brisk. It hits you. Uh-huh. And it's like, ooh, got a fresh shave. Definitely. Uh, so I was super impressed by it. Uh, if you guys are looking for Christmas gifts for men who are clean shaven, this is a great one. Great like, point, because all you got to know, do they have face? Do they have hair in their face? Yes. If the answer is no, or only occasionally. You uh-huh. damn well know that they use razors, and research is conclusively proven that like ninety five percent of all men use shitty razors. For sure, they, they they're using the same crap and the barber saw that they saw their dad using in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> And they can't move on. Uh huh. Say help help save them from themselves. Yeah, Harry's is trying to trying to help save you from yourself, from your father, really. Really, that's what they're doing. Uh, but they have a deal going on right now. If you go to Harry's dot com, spelled just like you think it is, H A R R Y S, 
uh, com. Use the promo code BALDMOVE, all one word. You will get five bucks off your first purchase. So it's like 10 bucks, and you get the shaving cream, you get razors. Super cheap. It's a really bald move. It's It, it puts the bald on your face. Yeah. Like our branding fits this like a glove. You're, you're absolutely right. The end result of Harry's product <laughs> is a bald move. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely recommend them. Uh, I'm really enjoying my kit. You know, I've been shaving on it for two weeks now. Haven't even gone through one of the razors that they send you. So mm. pretty awesome. Yep. You're a handsome lad, Jim. It hasn't, hasn't, hasn't reduced, reduced your handsomeness. Nothing can. In, in fact, I'd say it enhances it. Sure. No, I agree. I have a hard time keeping my hands off even in the studio. <laughs> cut. Cut. <laughs> uh, this is something I saved from last week that I felt would be more appropriate in the uh, uh, wrap-up cast. It's Devin from Maine. It says, a few weeks ago, I found a Channel Guide magazine interview with Greg Nicotero, which he stated to turn... So this is not spoilers. This is actually just a attempt to establish a timeline of where we're at. Okay. He said that the turn occurred roughly 15 months before the start of season five. Since there's no episode titled The Turn, I decided to spend some time over the holiday weekend revisiting old episodes and comics. If Nicotero's estimate is accurate, I believe, and I believe it is, then I've developed a rough timeline. The infection started before the series premiere. Let's assume July 2011. Order collapses while Rick is in a coma. We don't know how long he is in a coma pre-apocalypse, but he could not have survived more than a few weeks, two weeks, without medical attention. So he probably woke up in the hospital August 2011. The rest of the events of season one take place over the course of one week, at which point Jenner states a wildfire went worldwide 63 days ago. Here's my first problem. Jenner's timeline in the wildfire episode seems incompatible with Rick being in a coma for two, even to four weeks. Yeah, we talk so much about this. Because um, the because because if I yeah and I I've I'm an expert on season one Walking Dead uh-huh. and and he said wildfire was declared sixty three days ago but the initial infection was like a hundred some days so oh, wow. hmm. you know if wildfire was declared we don't know what wildfire means but it seems like you would be like just think of how this country covered Ebola which was serious problem in Africa and spe- spe- specifically uh, Western Africa. Wasn't that big a deal in the United States for a lot of reasons, which are, you know, if you paid attention, you 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 know about. Um, but we still covered it like, like, oh, my God, look at this thing happening. If you had like a walking dead virus in any kind of capacity in any part of the world that's getting a few hundred cases, it would be on CNN news, right? Sure. Like yeah. if you said wildfire was declared 31 days ago or 40 days ago, I wouldn't have a problem. 63 days, it's hard to reconcile Rick lying in a coma mm-hmm. and United States being overrun. Yeah, that, that's the big pr- part of the problem. Yeah, the, the incubation period of that yes. virus is such that you die and within a day max, yeah. you're, you're a zombie. Right. You're a walker. So 63 days seems like the amount of time that it would take to spread would not be fast enough to cause an epidemic, right? Like, yeah. they could kill the people who were infected. You know, and I thought that they, they were going to suggest that, like, that the the, the perps that, that Rick was hunting down somehow had the virus. Like, when when they shot that oh, car oh, and the flipped the first episode. You know, and yeah, I'd yeah. never read the comics at that point. I'd never, you know, I was just going in, and I just assumed that they're going to have that be an indication that the virus is already out. Hmm. But okay. as far as Rick and Shane knew, when Rick took the bullet, no zombies. Yeah. 
Uh, it says the rest, yeah. So season two picks up immediately afterwards, season one in August 2011, when they could have hypothetically found the abandoned Hyundai, uh, Hyundai Tucson limited edition on the highway. This remainder of the season two takes us through September 2011 when the Green family feels it's necessary to prepare for fall. Lori's pregnancy, the earliest delineation of time, roughly eight and a half months, occurs off camera and takes us through the winter to, to April 2012, uh, which we know we passed a harsh Georgia winter. The conflict with Woodbury lasts only a few weeks. If the spring of 2012 started hot but ended with a cold snap, then that would explain why the survivors are wearing coats during the governor's first assault on the prison in early May of 2012. Based on the conversations Daryl has with Carol... Zach and Michonne roughly four months pass between seasons three and four. During that time, the group at the prison takes in refugees and begins to plant the yard. Uh, Rick states that he and Carl grow cucumbers, which must be planted at least three weeks after the last frost of the year and take three to five weeks to mature, meaning that season four probably starts in August 2012. This is incredible. <laughs> the infection in the governor's second assault occur less than one week after the start of season four at the end of summer 2012. In order to fit Nicotero's timetable, the survivor's journey to Terminus must take roughly one month, meaning their escape occurs in either late September or very early October 2012. Uh, yeah, so then he ties this together to a, spo- a, a spoiler point about where we're going next, which we won't talk about right now. What do you think of this timeline? Other so than did the he say that they were walking around for a month? Possibly, but I don't have a problem because honestly, if, if I think that you're a week max... And and also keep in mind this whole half season is like only two weeks after the prison fell. Okay. Now he says it's a month, but I don't think there's a, yeah. there's a couple of emails I got where it's like we don't really have any evidence that this is longer than like two weeks. Why do you say two weeks then? Just based on what everyone's wearing and the the uh, the actually action that we see, you know. We see a yeah. Couple... I can't remember how long Beth is out, and we don't know how long Beth has been gone. I mean, we see a couple nights he lit e, 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 go by. Sure, for... yeah, yeah. I feel like Porky Pig. We feel a couple uh, nights go by, e, 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 pass by, um, at least. And then you know the group gets back together and they're in terminus, and they spend at least a night in that boxcar, right? Or that happened the same day? No, they definitely spent a night in there. Okay, and then we see that there's a uh, another day and a night in between. So I mean, it's like anywhere between one week and four. But I, I so I like the fact that we haven't gone through a new, new winter. Mm. We're actually heading into like the first frost of the year. That feels appropriate. Yeah, and sometimes I think it so. can get hot as balls in September and October, especially for the South. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right, that works. Um. Anyway, so but but Nicotero saying fifteen months. I would have said two years before I heard that. Yeah. Something around there. So we got another harsh Georgia winter coming up. Uh, Ashley H. said, Okay, Tyrese has been annoying beyond all logic this season, but I have to remind myself that all of this is another timeline one. It's been a matter of days for him. I'm not sure it's even been two weeks since Karen died, and the situation with Carol and the girls was probably a day or two before Martin and Terminus. So for me, maybe it gives Tyrese a bit of a pass because that is a lot to process, but I don't know. Is this something you've kept in mind? If not, does it change your mind about his arc at all? I think Karen, a lot more time has passed than two weeks. Why do you say that? Just because of the slow motion walk? No, because Karen and David died before they left the prison. Uh, the slow motion walk could be up to a month. It's at least two weeks, as, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff with Carol doesn't take place immediately. That stuff with Karen and David happens just before the governor's attack. Yeah, yeah. 
So I could buy that it could be as little as two weeks uh, from that happening to Bob dying. I I don't. It feels like longer than that to me. It feels more like the month that you're talking about. Okay, but still, a month after your girlfriend died. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect him to be totally over it's it. It's weird because he in wasn't. art, and this is something that always is weird about like watching Breaking Bad, too. You know, Breaking Bad takes place over a very confined time period, even though yeah, yeah. It, 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 the story is told over six years. This has been two years of our time that's covered <laughs> maybe two to four weeks, uh-huh. and it's really weird, especially since maybe it's like she's... a timeless setting where there's not newspapers or yeah, yeah. real events to tie us to any particular time. Maybe she's talking about the time from when Karen and David die until the time when Carol kills Lizzie and they kind of reconcile their issues a little bit. Is that two weeks? I don't. Could, could that be two weeks? I don't even know. If that why could do you be think it weeks. is two weeks? Like that was on that that was that was them immediately evacuating the prison. Like I don't think there's even a week between Karen dying. How did Tyrese end up with Carol? I can't remember that. He was with the girls, mm-hmm. and then Carol ran into them, and Just Tyrese did not them. know that, that she was banished, and she played it coy. They found them on the train yeah, tracks. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think how long they were walking around. It was only. I mean, obviously a now now that was Car- Car- uh, Carol was attracted by the smoke, so that's yeah, why yeah. she came doubled back and and ran into them. Sure. But I, I don't. don't know. It feels know. like longer than that to me. Um, it feels like it. I don't think it is. But I. So it's like that doesn't really change my opinion because I I do feel like that. Tyrese has been through a lot, and he's been through a lot of moments where I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, now yeah. he'll finally. You know, get what it's what you need to be to survive in this world. I'm starting to think he's just not cut out for it. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe he's maybe he needs more time. But yeah. like as a viewer that's been watching this for two years, they have to be sensitive to the viewer's sensation of time passing as well as you know. I feel like it'll be the, easier to swallow on the Netflix binge that people will inevitably do. Sure, and there's a, there's some takes on that. Let's move on. Dan from Philly said, "Hey guys." Thought the flag, we talked about the pink flag and what it might uh-huh. have meant last episode. I thought it was red, but you're saying pink. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys, my thought on the flag when Rick met the other cops was a distance and wind measurement for Sasha and Daryl, which would be really huh. smart, so I don't know how the writers thought of Do it. Do you really think that Sasha and Daryl are skilled enough to take into Darryl, account the movement of a flag? Daryl, for sure. Okay, maybe Daryl. Daryl grew up doing that shit. Now, the, the the problem is the distance is like a football field, which I don't know that wind makes a huge amount of dif- difference ah, yeah, yeah. with the angles and wind speed. But again, I'm not not a gun fancier. Mm. Uh, I just enjoy it. So, But no, I mean, that actually is super smart. D- Daryl might get it. I don't believe Sasha gets it for a second. Sasha's going to be a crack shot. You just watch. Eventually, yeah, but right now, no. Uh, Nick S. said, the only way I'd be okay if the hospital still being part of the show would be if they played out Don's They Always Come Back and Season 5B starts with a 30-minute hospital slaughter and subsequent burning to the ground. Okay. Yeah, I know they can't do it, but I'd feel better about Maggie if that was her reaction. Yep. Can you imagine good. if she's like, all these people are going to burn. I bet Rick yeah. would be on board. I bet Daryl would be on board. <laughs> who says no? Tyrese and Carol? And who cares? Glenn ain't going to say no. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. He's going to back Maggie's play. Tara? Yeah. Who cares? Is she going to be like, hey, I remember when the mob formed on someone's someone's house step and how that didn't shut up, Tara. And then Michonne cuts her head off. <laughs> uh, Charlie N said, now that Maggie has gotten her comeuppance for not trying to find her sister, do we get a Fiesta cast part two? 
Fiesta cast for Beth? For Maggie, because she got, oh. you know, kind of like one of those things where you're supposed to be sad, but you're actually happy and uh-huh. you're, you're triumphant in their despair. I don't know that I'm with, I'm, I'm there with Maggie yet. Who are some no, Fiesta I mean, cast worthy? Eugene. Nobody. Uh, Eugene dies. Man. In a comic way. Like he suffocates himself with his own fart. <laughs> or he he does his little uh you know run uh, a, a walker corners him in a portalette and he comes out with his pants around his ankles and he does that uh, and he falls over and gets eaten Jurassic Park yeah. Fiesta cast mm-hmm. Fiesta cast uh, oh he gets the lawyer treatment yeah yeah the all right from Jurassic Park that's, he that's runs Fiesta into... cast uh-huh. Tara eaten by walkers mm. Fiesta cast. No, I'm I'm more indifferent on Terra than anything at this yeah, point. No, I mean, like, I don't hate her that much. I just don't care about her that much. You have to take a step back to really appreciate the number of seasons they spent making Lori Grimes into a person that you want to have a fiesta cast for when they in- inevitably die. Yeah, that number is three. Hey, I'll, I'll blow. <laughs> here, here you go, Judith. Boom, I said it. <laughs> Judith, Fiesta Cast. She had one coming into this world. She's going to have one going That's out. That's right. It only makes sense. She was born in Fiesta Cast. <laughs> She's going out in Fiesta Cast. Celebrate the dodging <laughs> of the full house bullet. I love it. Judith, Fiesta Cast. Mark it down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. You know how bad we felt when Lori died? <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, my God. Uh, Mr. Rock and Rock said, as people complain about the pitfalls of Walking Dead's ensemble cast, they tend to compare it to Game of Thrones. The similarities uh, I feel they share are that they both feature ensemble casts. They're both derived from original source material, and they're concurrently running shows. Otherwise, I think they're apples to oranges. Ignoring the fact that writing for the Game of Thrones is head and shoulders above The Walking Dead, they also have different aims. The star of Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones is the story of Westeros, and the characters are the vehicles with which it's told. As such, as much as we care about the characters, they're expendable in service of the story. As shocking as the losses of some guy and some other guy and some girl and then this other guy at Al were. A lot of people die in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people die. I, I, I boulderized them just to, to be sensitive to some of the spoiler people. There are characters that if they die, I would be pissed. Certainly. Uh, and would diminish my enjoyment of the show, certainly. Uh, but but the deaths weren't written for shock value. It was part of a grand story that continues to be compelling, and despite these holy shit moments, I still have faith in the writing of the story. Jim rightly brought uh, Lost into this debate. It's more of an apt comparison. Both shows hooked us with the premise, a mysterious island and zombie apocalypse. Both aim to ultimately reel us in by developing characters we're supposed to love. Thus far, Lost has done a far better job. When the show ended, many forgave the shortcuts it took and the unanswered questions it left behind because of how satisfied they were by the character-driven aspects of the saga. I wasn't one of them, mind you. As much as I enjoyed the journey, I personally felt disappointed and even a bit betrayed by the final destination. Uh, This was an example of the annoying practice Jim brought to light, writers mounting the transparent, we meant to do that defense. But that's neither here nor there, because at the end of the day, I can't argue with how they made me feel about the characters. Despite the horrendous taste uh, of the unanswered or poorly answered questions left in your mouth, it's still a rewatchable series because of the characters. Whether Walking Dead can rise above its own set of hurdles and do the same remains Oof. to be seen. I agree with almost everything he said where he was agreeing with me, except for <laughs> <laughs> the very end where he says a lot, Lost is a rewatchable series. I feel like the crux of that series for me was the mystery, and without that, I have no interest in rewatching it. 
Do you agree uh, with his general thrust but, that The Walking Dead is a character-driven series more than yeah. a plot-driven series? I do. I do, surprisingly. Uh, even though I don't think they've done an exceptional job of developing the characters uh, over the course of five seasons, I do think that's what they're going for. I think most of the zombie set pieces are just that, set mm. pieces. Uh, the crux of the series is characterization, and it started with Darabont. I mean, Darabont did a lot of that stuff early on. Uh, so I, I don't know. I I think... <sighs> I just wish they were better at it. <laughs> I really yeah. do. No, I feel you, man. Uh, Manira P said, I totally agree with you, Aaron. While it said... This is the this is the vanity cast, man. Yeah. This is breaking her arms, patting herself on the back. <laughs> Uh, when it was sad that Doodles died. However, I don't see how, where else her storyline could have gone. Carol, on con- in contrast, has so many possibilities and so many pairings on the horizon. The one I'm looking forward to would be Tyrese and Carol. I feel like Carol would be a good way to fix Tyrese instead of killing what him. What about Carl and Beth? Which is what I kind of want right now, which sucks because I, too, love Chad Coleman. Holy shit, yes. Carl... Like two seasons ago, we talked about how he was sweet on Doodlebug. Is he going to be devastated by this? I don't know. This is literally the only age-appropriate girl in the apocalypse for him. He's got to be devastated. I would be devastated. Carl, Sorry, Carl, Carl your only prospect is now dead. Carl needs a fruitless crush. I'm going to nominate Tara. Michonne. Ooh. Michonne. Michonne would be cool. And then when Michonne and Rick inevitably hook up... Oh God! There's oh, some teen, God. just in time your for Chandler Riggs to be your a girlfriend? teenager. Boom, boom! Oh, no. You can't fall in love with your stepmom, Carl. What the hell? You got to turn in the hat for that. I loved her first, Dad. <laughs> um. Anyway, she continues. Oh, fucked. She continues. Uh, I feel like Carol would be a good way to fix Tyrese instead of killing him. I already talked about that. No, I I feel like that's cool. You could do some some sexual Carol healing, some some true love, some true love uh, healing mm-hmm. healing up uh, our buddy Tyrese here. Yeah, I don't see so, why not. You know, and I used yeah, like I said, I keep saying that surely this is the time where he's going to swallow a bag of cement and get hard. And time and time again, he reverts back to his yeah. pacifist ways. It seems I like think, they turned him into Bob after and, Bob and Alan Seppenwall. I feel like he likes that, but I'm just getting impatient with it. Yeah. You know? Like Yeah, I mean, it I do sucks want... that it's it's I'm really glad that you're able to work up a zombie killing rage when you need to save your own life, but maybe maybe you can get in your headspace where you can do that to help save the group instead. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I, I where that's where I need you to be. It would be great if Gabriel came around to the view of the group and then taught Tyrese the lesson that he needed to learn. <laughs> mm. Like the guy who was most reluctant to kill anything ends up putting Tyrese back on track. Uh, Manira continues. You've said uh, that you think Rick and I would say Carl after what he said to Gabriel to church are over a quote unquote safe place idea. And the pre- preview for five B, mm. it sounds like Michonne is the one trying to shake him out of that. I have a prediction what if Michonne delivers a speech to Rick trying to bring him back from the brink? He takes her word. They get to Noah's safe place. And well, wait, wait. This is getting all spoilery. What the hell? Why? I, yeah, Noah I just, said he had a safe place. I, I Yes. That's not the spoiler Why is part. Why uh, Oh, okay. The, you're about the, to get to the... Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I almost screwed up there. We'll get to that in the spoiler section. Cool. 
Emily R from Arizona said, uh, does not, she's under the subject of you're too tough on Maggie green. Mm-hmm. Doesn't she get some points for leaving Glenn on the bus to find Beth when the prison fell and too far gone, which is fully two years ago now. <laughs> Perhaps she's more focused on finding Glenn than she is about finding Beth because she is driven by her guilt for leaving Glenn on the bus. After finding Glenn, there would be no way for Maggie to know where to even be start looking for Beth since so much time has passed and Beth was not at Terminus. Much like Abraham, I believe Maggie is focused on missions instead of dealing with her grief of losing her sister, which may be why Maggie was willing to go with Abraham's group to D.C. Jim, what do you think? Didn't Daryl tell her that that Beth was alive last time he saw her. That is an accurate statement, sir. In the boxcar. In the boxcar. Why is that not enough to concern her? I do not have an answer to that. Okay. <laughs> I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Like, okay, maybe up until that point, yeah. she could consider it hopeless, but she should be wrought with guilt that she was unable to save her sister in the prison, at least find her and get her out of there. Uh, She should have made a bigger deal about that, and then when Daryl told her, hey, she's alive, she should have insisted, like she fucking insisted on finding Glenn, that they go find her sister. Well, that, that's the thing, because we, um, we've got, a, I think, another email take on a Maggie, which I, I think is pretty good. But here's my point. Like, I was, I was talking to some fans about the Serial Podcast on the Bald Move Forums, and there, a lot of people are, like, putting a lot of stock on whether, like, you know, if you don't know Serial, Serial is the podcast telling a, a murder case that happened 16 years ago amongst some teenagers um, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And this this kid got convicted of murder, and this investigative reporter is kind of going through that case and trying to decide whether he was actually innocent or guilty. Yeah. And I found that a lot of people like get into the psychoanalysis of the 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 main characters and say, "Well, I don't believe this guy because of this or that." And they like, you know, if if he was really guilty, he would do this, or if he was innocent, he'd do that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that people have there's no real standard reaction. There's no normal right. reaction. There is a mm-hmm. range, like a bell curve, where most people react this way, but you have inappropriate crying, inappropriate laughter, lots of things when people are under high stress, and you can't really say that that is definitive proof Sure. in a legal sense. If you're writing a fucking drama on television, I think, I think you try to stay in that, that's that, that sweet to spot people. of the bell curve because that's going to to relate to the the, the broadest human experience. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It might be super avant-garde to be like, well, two and a half years ago, Beth gave this pep talk to Maggie where she says, we got to be strong because that's what daddy would want and we've got our jobs and we got to do our jobs. However, I, you know, maybe have her say that. You know, yeah. Like tell maybe, us the audience why she doesn't care. At least, at least <laughs> lampshaded a bit when her and Glenn mm-hmm. are talking about going to DC. It's like you know, well, what about your sister? It's like you know what? If Maggie's out there, she's old enough to look after herself. Uh, getting Eugene could save the whole world. She would want me to continue on doing my job right now is to do that, and this is our job. Yeah, I mean, problem that solved. Would, yeah, it's sixty seconds, and all this stuff goes away. Yeah. And and I know that in real showtime, like two to four weeks has passed, but for our audience' sake, two to three years have passed, and you have to bring this up and and give us a little something more to to hang our hats on. I think. 
I'm with you. And I think they could have they could have done that even as late as maybe the episode where she sits down with Eugene on the back of that fire truck and is talking about uh whatever book he's reading. I forget what it is at this point. Um, she might have been able to sit down and have a conversation with him, and if that had information had come out at that point, I might have even bought it. Like, just a couple of episodes before the big reveal of Beth is alive, oh, Beth is dead. I think it needed to come up when they're talking about Moot and going to Washington. If they did that and brought it up at that yes, point with Eugene, that would have been, been the best. Yeah. Because it's... You know, that's what people were waiting they're conceivably on. moving... As far away as possible from Beth. Sure. At that moment, she should be thinking, if we go to Washington, D.C., I'm never going to see my sister again, for sure. So I'm going to put up a little bit of a stink. But yeah, yeah, you're right. They could have explained that. Um, kind of retconned it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Double A, Ron T. Said this, uh, I have a question. I'm curious. Do you guys continue? Oh, this is this is the question we get every year. Do you guys continue to do this podcast because I'm assuming it's your most listened to podcast? It's the money. It's all about the money. I mean, it's we all make about the money. thousands and thousands. <laughs> Clearly, this is devolving into bullshit here. You, you have said multiple <laughs> times before in this podcast and other that The Walking Dead pales in comparison to shows like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. I completely agree with this assessment. And since I believe all dramas should be judged the same, if one drama pales in comparison to another, then that can only mean the former sucks. Make no mistake, I think The Walking Dead sucks. The writing is terrible, filled with plot holes, nonsense, and unrealism. But as Jim said, this is because the writers don't give a shit, and why would they when the biggest joke is that 17 million viewers watch The Walking Dead every week? I literally only watch the show to bitch about it, go on rants like I am now, and to listen to Bald Move, The Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> but I think there's something to what Aaron said about how The Walking Dead has the right combo of action and drama to bring in a mass audience. This also shows how <laughs> dumb people are, myself included. But honestly, this <laughs> right? show is only consistently good in season one, and that was probably to it uh, being new. Jim, why do we why do we do a Walking Dead television show? You know what? Taco Bell pales in comparison to Chipotle, and yet I still eat Taco Bell. That's my defense. That's the entirety of it. I mean, I I I guess this might get lost, but I like watching The Walking Dead. Like I would we, be watching it even if we didn't cover it. If yeah. we stopped covering Walking Dead, Mm-hmm. we would not and it's not our highest rated show it's like a close third you've got game of thrones oh, yeah, yeah. game of mm-hmm. thrones biggest biggest baddest fucker on the block we would have oh jesus yeah we would have like a if 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 the people the if there's many people listen to podcasts as game of thrones fans as we're walking dead fans holy shit it would yeah. be some juggernaut mm-hmm. um we, second biggest is breaking bad second biggest is breaking bad mm-hmm it still has not been eclipsed, mm-hmm. and Walking Dead is, uh, it would be a distant third, but this season it's really uh, gained ground. You know, you go to 17 million people. And I I think, so here's why I don't want to stop covering it. There's no other voice like ours out there. Like, if you go and you listen to a lot of these other podcasts, so many of them, and I think, so so many of them are so positive on this show. And they're not approaching it from the same perspective that we are. And I think yeah, they're multiple fan, fan fan first cast, you'd say. Definitely. And, and that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not saying every cast needs to be like ours and needs to pull apart these, these things and analyze them on a deeper level. I'm just saying that perspective is also valuable. And so if we were to stop doing that, you wouldn't get that perspective. And we have a lot of people who write in and say, thank you for doing this podcast because you're the only guys who are talking about the things that are bad on the show. Mm-hmm. You're the only people who are 
who I feel are telling us the truth when they're talking about this show. Oh, Walking so, Dead truthers, watch out. Watch out. You know what I mean. So I don't want to stop doing it for that reason alone. Even if it wasn't, A, fun to do, B, big ratings, uh, I, I would still be covering this thing. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's... Just, just because I want to maintain that perspective. Like, we've done... You know, like, Boardwalk Empire is a great example of a show that we both loved and took ultra-serious and did a very good podcast on that no one listened to. Sure, and I never regretted doing that. And and uh, uh, 24 is an example of a show that we just <laughs> engaged at a very silly, crazy level on uh-huh. and also got no one to listen to, and we did it just because it was a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, like, we run the gamut. I don't even know how many shows we got now, 20? And they're, like, all over the map as far as terms of popularity and quality. And But the one common thing is we enjoy it, and we're honest about the way we enjoy it. Like, you know, me and Cecily on True Blood is way different than you and me on The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, like, I don't watch anything just a podcast on it. No, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I mean, you think I'm ripping on The Walking Dead? Like, mm-hmm. if I was watching something that I truly hated, yeah. Uh, if we had done a season two newsroom podcast, yeah, or season one. Season one, I think, is the worst. Oh, newsroom. season one, you liked less? Wow. Yes, yes, okay. yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like as long as I can cover The Walking Dead from a place of love and affection, it's not going to get so negative that people are just yes. like, "Oh, it's a bitch fest." I mean, yeah, we, we get, don't cover things we hate. Sure. Right. I mean, we get plenty of people saying that, like, oh, you guys are just haters, blah, blah, blah. But then you also go on the Reddit, Walking Dead subreddit, and there's people openly wondering why Andrew Lincoln doesn't get nominated for an Emmy. And I'm like... Because there's television out there and actors out there who are way, way better. But I'm saying, though, <laughs> 17 million, it's a point of mathematical fact that the majority of this audience is not watching True Detective and not watching Mad Men, not watching Breaking Bad, and they're not seeing... Like where the state of the art is. Oh, I see what you're saying. And you know, so they assume this is the height of, of exactly. Television. It's like you know when you're really good at a video game in your friend circle, mm-hmm. and then you oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm gonna go to a tournament and the just golden see. eye effect, and, and you get your ass stomped. You <laughs> oh. realize like, oh wow, if I expand in the internet, it's kind of like flattened all that out. But yeah, yeah, you can realize like, oh, I thought I was good and I was the best in this thing. And and I'm not saying Andrew Lincoln's bad. Andrew Lincoln's really good. And Andrew yeah. Lincoln like like. You know, if if Andrew Lincoln and Melissa McBride and uh, Norman Reedus were any less of an actor, Beth's death would just <laughs> fall flat. Uh-huh. Like, their performances single-handedly gave it that yeah. emotional punch that you needed. They're awesome, but they're not on the same level as the other people. So no. it's like it doesn't hurt my feelings when people are like, oh, you guys are haters or you're just unnecessary. Because a lot of people aren't watching the other shit, so how would they know? Well, I, like, I'm not even concerned on that level. What I'm concerned about is... We enjoy what we're doing. That's always number one. If we if we aren't having at least a little bit of fun with the shows we're covering, we're going to stop covering them. Uh, and second, and and just right behind that is maintaining this perspective that I don't see in so many other podcasts. Like I I don't want the the message that goes out to be universally positive if the show is not universally good. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to set out and take down a show that I absolutely hate because I wouldn't have fun doing that, but. Walking Dead is good enough. It's certainly not bad, but it is good enough to where I feel like I have a lot of fun watching it, a lot of fun talking about it, 
and it's a perspective that most people don't give. And you. and occasionally the show just knocks it out of the park. Oh yeah, like oh we yeah, gen- and like that's the thing. Like we genuinely love the season premiere. Yes, we were over the moon about it. Mm-hmm. It was great. And yeah. I again, I'll remind people: there's no reason why they can't all be roughly that good. No reason. The only yeah. reason there's there's not a budget problem. There's not an acting talent problem. It's just the will and skill of the writers, directors, and producers. That's the barrier. So I personally would like to see The Walking Dead be consistently awesome. That'd be nice. Uh, Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Rachel B. said, I thought you missed a couple things this season. Number one, this is like Smoke Theory Alpha, she says. Number one, Carol as Moses in Consumed. Yeah, this is a super awesome theory, by the way. Oh, so you, okay, you saw yes, this. Yes, I one. read this email. This is fantastic. He was banished for murder, then he was guided by a pillar of smoke through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So was Carol then. Whenever smoke appeared, she followed it. I think Daryl's cigarette smoke is what made her help Noah. Didn't get that. That was good. Yeah. I hope this means awesome. some someone in the group is going to write a set of laws to keep these idiots safe. Carol's going to come down from the mountains with the stone tablets of the Ten Zombie Commandments. Number one, of course... Uh-huh cardio yeah i that's great she's not done uh number two the hospital group is rick's group as if if shane would have killed rick imagine a leadership group of shane daryl and michonne that sees everyone as civilians and second class citizens Mm. herschel as strawberry man doesn't give guidance or farmer lessons michonne never learns to smile tyrese spends all his time ironing beth never tastes moonshine and daryl never gets a hug Maybe Beth saw all this, and that's why she deployed her scissors. I love that take. Hmm. And also, like, I can totally see that everyone in an almost, like, purely Darwin way is using each other and lying and scheming. I mean, that's that's Shane to a T. Oh, definitely, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, like, I don't know how we get from that. So... That's an interesting what if. Hospital? Yeah. I, I almost want to write a fanfic. <laughs> oh my god, Fifty Shades of Shane. You know, here's like <laughs> let me let's talk about the reboot for a bit. Uh, I don't really want to talk about a reboot. Who gives a shit? We'll see. We'll, I, I want to see a trailer come out of that. <laughs> let's talk about this. I don't want to talk about it. What if they did a reboot where they just went back to that moment and Shane kills Rick? Mm-hmm. They could cat. I mean, Lori's available. Sarah Wayne Callies. So you want an alternate universe spinoff? Barenthal's available. Uh-huh. Andrea's available. Dale's available. Like, have one of the immediate ripple effects is Rick's dead, Carl's dead. Mm-hmm. Glenn and Maggie are dead. Glenn have- and Maggie are dead. You've got everybody else. Beth, wh- why wouldn't that be an awesome series? You could call it, like, The Walking Dead Dark Side. I'm getting a boner thinking cool. about it. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. And you've got the actors are there, man. Yeah. I'm sure they'd love to come back. That would be fucking rad. So I oh wow. Someone needs to do that. We need All to right. we need to get the we need to get lobes. Ebook time. <laughs> uh yeah. We'll see how season two of the survival guide goes. Mm-hmm. Um but thank you. I, I really appreciate that, Rachel. That was awesome. Uh Olivia D said, I went back to the tape and watched the fall. Oh my god. A definitive defensive Maggie. Oh, boy. Uh, I went back to the tape and watched the fall of prison uh, in episode 408 when Herschel was beheaded. Both sisters are shown to be devastated, but continue trucking on since we, quote, unquote, all have jobs to do. Maggie yells, Beth! And where's Beth? When returning to the bus with Glenn, she leaves Glenn and goes looking for Beth. She meets up with Bob and Sasha, and the first thing she asks is, have you seen Beth? While the bus leaves, supposedly Glenn. 
Then two different scenes in which she asks about her sister. Meanwhile, Beth is running around the prison looking for the kids. She has to save the kids. She has to save the kids. Requested to read in my Arlene voice. Beth does not mention Mags and returns with Daryl. I'm scoring this 2-0 to o, Mags in the lead. We see the same Mags in episode four. We're, okay, we're now a full minute after the disappearance of Beth. The timeline is we are one minute out from the moment <laughs> Beth has disappeared. Now yeah, yeah. show me the concern on her face. All right, we're keeping score now. Subsequently. Um, we see Mags in 410 where she states, I couldn't find Beth, but I know Glenn got out. In the same episode, Doodlebug has one line mentioning her family. Maggie and Glenn could have made it out of A block. The score is now 3-1. to one. And 412, Doodlebug has a few that lines. That was a field goal at best. <laughs> at best. In 412, Doodlebug has a few lines about Mags, but uh, some aren't showing concern towards her. I'm not Michonne, Carol, Maggie, when she was talking about her being tough. When referring to how she thought their lives would play out at prison, she said, I thought Maggie and Glenn would have a baby, and Herschel would grow old and die peacefully. The final <laughs> mention of Maggie is, I miss Maggie bossing me around. It'll be nice. I'll be nice and give Doodlebug three points for the mention. So her score is three to four advantage Doodlebug. Daryl accurately <laughs> states you haven't, you ain't never going to see Maggie again. She is Beth Napped in 413 and makes no mentions of her sister. At this point, Mags has been reunited with Glenn and she starts to show, show hope, especially with the mullet man's claim to know the cure. We never see her mourn her father and her dead sister. So she just bottles it up inside. I think it's safe to say that Mags thought she was dead. I thought this was a defense of Maggie. I Yeah, it's kind of losing the thread here. What about Daryl telling her she's alive? I've seen her. I was with her drinking moonshine. Right. Where does that come in? Has that, has that happened yet in her timeline? Uh, in 5-1, Daryl states he was with Beth before okay. she was Beth-napped. Yep. Mags asked Daryl. One side effect of us doing this a full time is we just don't give a shit on runtime anymore. Like, we'll take three hours to talk about the walk. I just realized I thought that we'd be in and out in like an hour. Oh, This is going to be another goddamn two-hour podcast. Mm -hmm. I hope that's... I hope you people are happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Daryl states... He, she was with Beth before. She was Beth-napped. Mags asked Daryl, she's alive. He tells her that she was taken in a cross car and he lost track of it, given their circumstances and the fact the car could have gone anywhere. How in the hell is Maggie supposed to look for her sister? Daryl hasn't even seen Doodlebug in the last three days, and cars can travel quite a distance. Score is now tied 4-4. Four to four. Nope. Go back to, the, go back to the site where you lost track of Beth. Look for clues, it? at least. That's what I'm saying. Like This is a spirited defense of Maggie... But still, but she doesn't try. Like she does not try, right? Like she, she says, finds... "Oh, yep, I guess Beth is gone. Let's move on." Right. That yeah. like, if my brother disappeared and I knew the location from which he was taken, I would go to that location. I would probably camp out there and wait for potentially anybody to come back. Like that is your point of reference. Go there. Yeah. So like, uh, I'll, let's just let's go ahead and, and talk about this because. Maggie found the school bus flipped over full of zombies. Yeah. And she hung her hat, the fact that she kept ma- uh, maniacally searching for Glenn on the fact that Glenn wasn't on the bus. Uh-huh. He could have gone any direction. Neither was Beth. Uh-huh. And she found Glenn. Once she found Glenn, you'd think that would almost be like, oh, my God, now I got to f- I mean, that, that, yeah. that I vindicated her faith. Yes. Like, irrationally, she would be even more stronger about finding her sister. You would think so. But anyway, I don't know. Again, I I might grant that the facts are on the Maggie Defender's side, especially if you look at this as happening over the course of two weeks. Uh-huh. However, I didn't go back and watch season four before I watched this, and 
uh, it's on the showrunners to make me believe that Maggie actually gives a shit about her sister. And since yeah. it was a running joke for this whole fucking season, I feel like that they failed that test. What about you? No, I definitely feel like they failed the test. Uh, the Maggie doesn't do anything proactive to find her sister. That's the problem that I have. It's not that I don't think Maggie has this bottled up and she's concerned inside and she's just not saying anything she should have done something to try to find her sister, and she didn't. And it doesn't have to be as showy she as never Glenn, did. because I buy that she, you know, you feel strongly, more strongly about your husband than you do your annoying kid sister. Sure. Maybe. Um, But you should feel something. <laughs> you should feel something, yeah. And it should factor into things like which leader you're going to follow and where you're going to go and which damn fool idealistic crusade you're going to go on. Yeah. Um, let's get to Andrew E. Worst moment of the season. Officer, officer, mm, officers Bob saved the cat moment. Slaptown established Grady Memorial Hospital as a haven for sexual violence and general cruelty. But when Officer Bob takes Noah into handcuffs, he's all, tell me if it's too tight. I let out a giant fuck you show. It was the moment I knew the whole hospital plot was going to collapse under its weight of its own inconsistencies. And more than anything, it was just annoying. There's literally no reason for that line other than to establish Officer Bob as one of the quote-unquote good ones. We've left the hospital without really knowing what that was all about. The Walking Dead tried its hand at world-building with Grady, and in the end, it was half-baked. Not good enough. I broadly concur. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would defend the hospital as being perfectly executed. Okay. Uh, I think it was a good idea that was uh, not executed as well as it could have been, and so I... I didn't care as much as I could have. Best moment of the season, the terminus slaughter, before you realize that the whole scene is set up to keep our group alive, which does take a bit of tension out of the proceedings, the throat-cutting scene in Terminus was possibly the best this show has ever been. Hmm. It's the ultimate in surreal, brutal hopelessness. It should go down as one of the TV show's indelible images and perhaps its greatest episode. Spectacular. I have a hard time disagreeing with that. The season, you know what? Episode 5-1 was good. F- I mean, screw you. Uh, it, it, really cha- it really chaps my ass that they Whoa, can show that scene, back. but they can't say fuck. Yeah, like I, I am like I'm. I want to go on a crusade here and try to get this changed in this country because what is it about language versus slitting someone's throat open and bleeding them dry in a trough that is so offensive? Here's the deal, man. Like three hundred years ago. All of the most pious, boring uh, Christian types left Europe and founded a new country uh-huh. with that. I've heard if, of this. If, if not yeah. in, in government and form, and definitely ethics and ethos. Cuba, right? <laughs> this is the story of Cuba. <laughs> we are that country. We are this puritanical thing, and it's, it's uh-huh. um, you know, God deals in violence. Like, God yes. comes down and he will stone you. He will send down fire and brimstone. He will put you to the sword. God does not rape you to death. God does no, not, no, he does not, not promote titties and nakedness and lewd behavior. Violence, A-OK. Yeah. Healthy sexuality. Cursing. What's and, wrong with cursing? And, and cursing, bad. Well, that's a good Why point. Why is cursing a problem? Roger Ebert wrote the definitive take on cursing. Ooh, okay. Where, you know, because he was I've raised Catholic, this. and he said, you know, most people don't, they, they, they put adult language all in the one category, whereas yes. Catholics, technically, you've got vulgarity, uh-huh. which is shit, piss, you know, dick, mm-hmm. uh, pussy, that kind of stuff. It's just being okay. vulgar. It's being crude. Uh-huh. Uh, 
And then they you've have blasphemy. Got, you've got swearing, which okay. is I swear to God, if you talk about swearing mm-hmm. one more time, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. No, then, no, no. See, so you threw some blasphemy. Sorry, there, didn't you? Then you yeah. got bla- you got profanity, which is being profane, profaning oh. something sacred, which is like taking the Lord's name in vain. So he's like okay. really, and and vul- vulgar language is. So fuck shouldn't really be a problem. No, it's just being vulgar. Yeah, that's just vulgarity. That's not blasphemy. That's not. Yeah, it's a venial sin at best. It's not mortal. It's not going to endanger your your soul. I mean, shit. Was it Elisha or Ezekiel that like engaged in vulgarity when he was mocking another (laughs) god? You know, like he had this big Uh uh, this big uh, test for the Philistines' gods or whatever, and he's like, you know, what's the matter? Is your god on the shitter? Is he full? Is he full of shit that he can't come down here and set this idol on fire or whatever the the, the joke was? Huh. So yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's... I, like I, I just wish a movement would spring up that was like, we don't care about cursing on television. Curse on television, it's fine. If it's after nine o'clock, curse your heart out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've tried to do my part. Like I, I preach my son. It's not bad language. It's adult language. Yes, I like that. So that's I'm trying to do my part. Okay, and we're all adults. We're rocking the and red we, explicit tag. We certainly do our part on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, it has nothing to say to Andrew E's I know. best moment. I'm sorry, I just got it. Is. Rant. It was awesome. It was spectacular. Character of the season, Beth. I had serious doubts as to whether Emily Kinney could carry a post-apocalyptic hospital subplot, and I still have doubts. <laughs> but the way this half season built up Beth's eventual suicide was clever, and if it didn't salvage the plot, it at least gave us unexpectedly fitting character death. I yeah. Works yeah. for me. It was okay. It was okay. Wild praise by Jim Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Worst character season, Dawn. I'm going to be harsh here. I don't Ooh. think Dawn, the character, is that bad, and there are some interesting facets to her. I just thought Christine Woods, who I thought was also pretty bad in the appalling flash forward, couldn't carry the material and couldn't make her face do what she needed <laughs> to do. Doesn't have the musculature to pull off that role. I'm sorry. She played this role like a wax figurine. <laughs> Agreed. I thought she was pretty bad. Dawn, really? the character, and I Dawn, thought the, the actress, story was, was pretty bad. I thought the story was badly told and the actress was good. <sighs> uh, that's how I view it. Well, I can't take my ivory tower. You've never seen a Breaking Bad or Mad Men, <laughs> you know, bullshit approach with you. I mean, yeah, but you give you should know better. You give but Brian Cranston a shitty story, and he's still gonna be. It's gonna be fall flat. That's true. Like that's true. What do you want him to do? That's true. For every really awesome post Breaking Bad like parody thing I've seen him do, I've seen some cringeworthy ones. What if he didn't have lines like "I'm the one who knocks"? Aaron Paul, Need for Speed. There you go. Do we need to say anything more? Perfect. Aaron Paul can act his fucking pants off. Yep. He is so can Brian Cranston. (laughs) (laughs) Arguably, he does his best work. Sans pants. Uh, Predictions for next season: A flashback for Maggie asking about her sister. Ooh, there's what you can't do that. Watch him. Watch Kirkman do it. That's the most cynical bullshit thing I've ever heard. There's going the the season Mm -hmm. uh, episode five oh nine. The pre-credit se- sequence is just going to be rapid five-second cuts of Maggie agonizing over Beth. And Lori. And then we're going to go back, be... and we're going to see Lori actually watching Carr go out the door and telling everyone, and no one caring. And then it'll be there'll be a 30-second scene, a, a shot of Robert Kirkman with his arms crossed, <laughs> just staring, staring at the staring screen, at the and it's just going to zoom in onto his eyes. Yep. And he's going to be like, game over, internet. How awesome would it be to go fourth wall near the end of this series? <laughs> 
Just be like, I'm Robert Kirkman. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. I'm rich. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, fuck you. And you money, know what? Rich. I'm gonna keep this spin this spinoff going way longer than you wanted to. <laughs> way longer. Final non spoiler. We have a whole spoiler extravaganza. All right. I don't know what we're gonna do here. Final email in the regular cast. Jim F. said, I want to know what type of weapon each of you would find to be ideal in the zombie apocalypse. I would suggest a large hatchet uh, or trident or even a rifle with a bayonet. What would each of you pick? Tactical nuke. (laughs) (laughs) No. A a jet fighter. Okay. An F-14. An Apache longbow attack helicopter. (laughs) An orbital missile station. The International Space Station would be the ultimate zombie weapon. You get up there, so. you kill the skeleton crew of Americans mm-hmm. and Russians and probably Chinese and Indian guys that are up there. Probably. And, and you, you eat got the place for the rest your, of your life. You got pl- the place to yourself. Yep. Boom. No, seriously, though. Tell uh, me that that wouldn't be compelling as hell. A zombie tale set on the International Space Station. Zombies in the space station? I want to know or... what's going on, because the space station, we're 15 months in. I bet they could survive that long. They're probably I wanna, freaking the fuck out. I want to check in on the space station. It's all fun and games till Gregory, yeah. till Gregory How gets awesome a would appendix it be? rupture. Right? Yeah. How awesome would it be if they came back in season 5B, and that's just how a cold and, open. And here's the thing. A they got no guns. The they got no bladed weapons. Mm-hmm. How are you going to bludgeon a man to death in 0G? You go to swing the hammer and you go back as far <laughs> as the hammer track. Like, like, how are you going to beat someone's brains in in zero G? Can, they can get G on the station, right? They can spin that thing. No, they cannot they spin the International Space Station. You can't. No. Oh my God. No. What this would they is, do? I, I think they'd they, have to have bladed weapons. They blow them out the airlock. They have to trick the zombie. They get airlock. And, and what's a zombie doing zero G? Like he tries mm. to walk towards you. He's floating. Yeah. I'm just saying it's fast. They'd be too stupid to get you, I'm sure. You want a bottle episode, Walking Dead? No, I want a cold open on the ISS. Just on the ISS. Yeah. It's the last day before it deorbits and burns, and the de- desperate yeah. struggle of the six, the five crewmen that are living and the one zombie floating around like Pac-Man trying to chomp them. Well, it would probably be the other way around, right? Oh, you'd be five zombies to one person? Five zombies to one guy, and he'd just be blocking them left and right. Mm. He'd uh, he'd probably get in get in your spacesuit. What are they gonna do? <laughs> right? Zombie True. proof completely. True. Yeah. Okay. Or just yeah, you get in your spacesuit and you go on a you go on an extra vehicular walk. Take a walk. Yeah, like I got my spacesuit. I don't know what you fuckers are thinking. Yeah. You're now zombie sickles. I'm getting back in. Sure. But then he'd run out. I mean, eventually you run out of food. Yeah, you would. Although if there's just he'd one guy, you could live a nice long time. Can you deorbit in the ISS? It would just burn up, right? Oh yeah. No, you. Does fine. it have any shuttles? Any capacity to get back? I feel or is it like all... I feel like that it keeps one of those crew modules enough that everyone could jump on and and get out hmm. without anyone and survive dying. through the atmosphere through the fall. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like one of those return capsules. Okay, it's like a Russian deal. The Soyuz that would be module, smart. right? Yeah. Um. But yeah. All right, uh, we're making a long cast even longer. Even longer. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jim takes a shot at Jim. It's Jim on Jim violence. Yeah. How can you be a Kurt Vonnegut fan without having read Slaughterhouse Five? Penetrating. It's a good question. question. That's a good question. I, I think am, he got you. I'm trying to fit in and be a cool kid, and he caught you. I'm a Kurt Vonnegut fan in theory. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I admire what the man does with the English language. Other than that, yeah, you're right. You're his, right. His reputation. He's got mm-hmm. a reputation. You, you admire the way he handles himself. 
I admire in the his artistic life and and his legitimacy. Pretty much. And yeah. if you read a book, you'd probably love it. But it's just it's it's in theory. But it's a book. I'm not going to read that. Sure, <laughs> sure. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've got examples of that. Like Stephen Hawking. Everybody loves Stephen Hawking in theory. I bet you, ninety five percent of the people who love Stephen Hawking haven't read any of his work. Sure, not read a brief history of time. Yeah. So. He's, I'm the Kurt Vonnegut fan in that sense. Ah, you're like in the, the PBS think, Nova. Like you've heard someone make a yeah a I've literary a reference. Of, and I know like, that he's all about aliens, like being a threat, uh, that sort of the, thing. The Trafalmadorians or whatever the, the fuck. The singularity, that sort of shit. Mm. Oh wait, you're talking about set. You're talking about Hawking. Hawking yeah, Sagan. Yeah. No, not saying. <laughs> I know. I'm just really confusing things. Okay. That's it. Um, you can send us feedback at watching that at baldmove.com, but the cold, harsh International Space Station outside truth of the matter is we're mm-hmm. not going to be back on the air for Walking Dead until sometime in February. I think it's February 13th. Is Which is coming up in. really fast. And yeah. Um, We've got other stuff going on. We got Breaking Good. We've got happening. so much stuff coming next season. We're going to got we'll have full coverage of Justified. We'll have full coverage of the Americans. We'll have full coverage of Better Call. Better Call Saul will probably be on the air by the next time you hear this, the spinoff of Breaking Bad. So much stuff. We might be, yeah. like, next spring might have True Detect two, uh, 2.0 coming out. Wow. There will not be a shortage of bald move content uh, once we get to January. So, yeah. Uh, and we're still got... So you enjoy uh, your Christmas without us. If you're Breaking Bad Neophyte, we got full coverage of season one. Catch up on that. We're covering season two in a week by week rewatch podcast. Yep. It's going to take us on into the spring. We're not going we're not going anywhere. So if you want to hear really awesome television podcast, keep tuning in to baldmove.com. For sure. We still have a substantial, sizable spoiler section. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's do it. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next half season, unless you're going to the spoilers with us. Uh so until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Bye-bye. You're obviously a Bald Move podcast fan, but were you aware of the breadth and depth of our coverage? We cover all your favorite TV shows such as Game of Thrones, 24, American Horror Story, Breaking Bad, Falling Skies, Fargo, The Leftovers, Gotham, House of Cards, Justified, Mad Men, Orange is the New Black, Botwalk Empire, True Blood, Downton Abbey, The Walking Dead. Thanks, Moira. Fuck you. Pay me. We told you after the Amazon check clears. Get all of this and much more at baldmove.com. Cheap bastards. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week? All right. Uh, I think we already talked about this in the main cast enough. The problem with Judith. How they go forward with Judith. Yeah. The full house problem. If they get to some place like Alexandria or Richmond or wherever they end up, whatever is going to... I, I kind of wonder how they're going to go. Because in the comics, there's like three or four settlements that are not bloody-minded idiots. Hmm. You've got the Hilltop. You've got the Kingdom. You've got Alexandria. I wonder how, if they'll try to collapse those all into one zone, or if they'll have this thing where you actually have these... You know, cities on the hill that start forming, and there's trade between them, and you know, a warlord trying to rule over them all. I, I wonder if they'll go that. If they do go that direction, I can see Judith as just being some baby for the next five seasons or toddler that is cute when Rick comes back from one of his daring missions, and she's there to like always amp up the stakes of where you know what Rick is fighting for. Mm-hmm. 
but never gets in the way in the kind of like you know Mary Kate Ashley territory. What do you think of that? Yeah, they could totally do that. Uh, just keep recasting that kid. Here's the four big storylines I see that we're probably going to touch on or maybe touch on in the next season. Mm-hmm. And I, I've given them the following taglines. One is big love. One of the plot, one of the prison plots, about the only prison plot that they haven't actually gone through and used in some remix mode, is Carol committing death by zombie because yeah. she goes mentally Im- imbalanced and she falls in love with Lori and Rick and their stability and their family life and approaches them to be in a... Uh, a, a brother or a sister wife kind of capacity and she's rejected by Lori and then she goes into the arms of a zombie and gets her face bitten off. They can't do that with Carl, right? I'm sorry. With Carol. <laughs> they can't do it with Carl at all. They can't do it no. with Carol, right? Carol's too strong of a person to Every do. Every single character on here is too strong now. Tara. Maybe Tara. May- yeah, she was kept pretty naive throughout this whole thing. And they did have like I, right. I, I, I they did have a little weird chemistry between her and Maggie and Glenn. I think their people are okay. right that that was mostly tension about the big secret she was keeping from Maggie. Yeah, yeah. I was on the team to cut off your father's head. I was on team Herschel dead. Uh huh. But they they could spin that off into, but but she she feels too positive and plucky. Right she now, she doesn't feel yeah. like a person that would hit on. Maggie and be like, hey, I can have Maggie and Glenn can have Maggie and there never has to be a penis between us. Yeah. And that would feel right, but I don't ever see a circumstance where she would sacrifice herself to a walker because she got rejected. Do you think when we meet up in Richmond that they'll try because the one place they got now is they could they could introduce a character who's kind of flighty or who's an at-risk character who sees the positive relationship between Maggie and Glenn, or say a Rosita and Abraham, or even a Rick and Michonne, because I see maybe some romance blood. uh, There's this have chemistry. I don't know about romance, but they have chemistry. Sure. Do you think they could introduce a some Richmondite to get to that, or do you think Rick or do you think uh, Kirkman just doesn't care about the big love, big zombie love theory? Yeah, I feel like he might have that in his back pocket, thinking I'll bust this out when. They're least expecting it. Uh, but you're right. It, it'd either have to be Tara or somebody new. Somebody new would take some time to develop to that point, I think. Andrew Lincoln, in his autograph that he made for you on that picture behind yep. your right shoulder, it says, Big Zombie Love. Is that a coded message to us indicating they're going to the Big Zombie Love storyline? Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Maggie side. This is the plot where Maggie is overcome by grief and she hangs herself and Glenn is able to save her at the last moment uh, from strangulation and cuts her down and everyone thinks she's dead and uh, Abraham makes an ass out of himself insisting that they kill her and then she coughs and comes to and you know Glenn is beside himself about why she did this and it's a it's a defining moment for her character's arc. Sure, that could definitely happen very soon. It seems like there's that's a 100% chance it's going to happen. They're setting us up with this Beth thing, with her falling to her sure. knees and raging through the heavens. They could be setting up a diversion, though. You know, like zigging when you think they're going to zag. All right, well, we Maybe. got some, I don't. I don't know. That's definitely on the table, and I think it's something that they're, they're heading us towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the introduce, introduction of Negan. 
And by introduction, I mean he beats someone's brains in with a baseball bat. Yeah, which is Glenn in the book. Glenn in the comic books. I'm a big fan of it perhaps happening to Daryl. Okay, that could happen. Um, that that's like a that's a that's a season finale type thing. Oh, you think so? So maybe they'll introduce Negan at the end, Negan at the end of this next season, this next half season, anyway. So it just depends. Like if they do this, so the whole thing of Negan, Negan. I'm not going to do this Negan shit. It's Negan. Um, <laughs> you know, there's the hilltop and there's the kingdom and there's Alexandria and they all give tribute to Negan, who's the savior. And he's kind of like, okay, you know, he goes around and promotes trade between the communities, but he also exacts uh, tribute. And he also, um, you know, he just makes their life harder because he takes like half their shit for very little benefit. Uh-huh. And Rick is the first one to be like, this is fucking bullshit. We shouldn't give money to this warlord, and he thinks he's going to roll them as easy as he has mm. the governor and everybody. And the and the I mean that's that's one of the the trajectories of the comic books is that Rick's company, his group, is irrationally self confident because they uh, were able to destroy the hunters and the governor, and, and they've won every battle. Yeah. That this Negan guy is going to be some tin pot tin pot dictator that's under equipped. And underformed, and he's just cruel, and and it turns out Negan actually is a badass motherfucker that is a force to be reckoned reckon with, and beats uh, Rick the first few times they they go against each other. Hmm. And do you, do you think that that is something? So 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 they, that's super interesting. He gets introduced, yeah. and you know Alexander's like, well, we kind of do it this way, and Rick's like, this is bullshit. I'm taking over. We're you know what? It f- gives them a different reason to fight other than these guys are trying to kill us. That's what I've I've been seeing time and time again. That Rick and his group just want to be nice, play by the rules, and no one will let them. Well, now, they're not saying, like, we're going to kill you. They're just saying, we're not going to pay you. Like, the Rick's group is saying, we're not going to pay you. Also, it's, it's a principled stand that they're taking versus being outright attacked. Also, there's another minor plot that's like... Rick just assumes that every group that he meets is going to be motherfuckers. Uh-huh. And when he finally meets a group that's just kind of as roughly fair-minded as he is, it really it, it really backfires. Like, he uh, captures and tortures a fairly heroic character from one of these settlements <laughs> and acts like the type of person that Rick, outside his group, would summarily execute if he ran into them. Yeah. And you know how do you deal with that, and and how do you how do you start learning to trust people in this kind of world? Sure, those are super interesting things. I hope that they get to touch on. Yeah, I feel like they're on the path to get to those. Uh, final one, King Ezekiel. There is an older black guy with white dreadlocks. Uh, his name is Ezekiel. He styles himself as King Ezekiel. He rules over the kingdom where he has mounted police on, like, horseback, like knights, and he has an enormous Bengal tiger. (laughs) I think her name is Sheba. Okay. Who goes into battle with him and takes out zombies and shit. It's a giant, you know, tiger. Do you... So so, uh, there was a debate amongst Mm -hmm. the fans about whether they would go with Michonne. Like, you have this ninja chick. She's got a cloak. She's got these slave uh, zombies that she's disarmed and disjawed, and she's leading them around in chains, and she's got a samurai sword. No way would primetime audiences buy this character on any level. 
do you think King Ezekiel is a bridge too far, or could they come up with a guy, uh, a King Ezekiel that you would buy as a real character, a dude? No, dread- that sounds outrageous. Uh, that sounds like some Mike Tyson hangover level shit. <laughs> but Michonne and, um, did not. Michonne did not strike you as ridiculous. Uh, just just hearing about her, uh, a little bit, a little bit, but she proved to be such a good character that I I looked over it. I'm interested to see whether they go full King Ezekiel on this. Man, I don't know. You can't you can't tame a tiger like that in in that way. I mean, look what happened to uh, Siegfried and Siegfried Roy. And Roy, man, Sieg- one wrong move and your tiger eats your face. Uh, I don't what? know. I, you can't tame a tiger in the way you can tame a house cat. Well, you shit, you can't even tame a house right? cat in the way you can tame a house cat. Uh, certainly not. But I think if you kept them, if you kept them fed with all the zombies they can eat, and huh. you know that it's going to preferentially attack these these things rather than you your people. Yeah, I don't know about that. I that seems like a bridge too far. Yeah, hmm. I'm. He's such a big part of really? the the next the, the next kind of few chapters. Did you I, have a problem believing it in the comic when you read it? When I I remember because it was like one of those things where it's introduced as this b- big splash that page at the end of the comics and it's and led up like, to this Come and on. you'd already met the kingdom got guards there are these guys on horseback wearing body armor and no problem with that that's fine and they're speaking yeah. in this like archaic and I'm like oh god what are we going to meet so they set this guy up to be eccentric and then he has a fucking tiger they're speaking in a different language what do you mean archaic what so they're speaking like like what a Shakespeare in a park actor would think. That old English this would sound so like. Schlocky. He's like, like schlocky bullshit. Yeah, but it. What does this comic turn into, man? It worked because people are crazy, and for some reason, this the King Ezekiel. So you've got a Ren fair with tigers. <laughs> yes, you have a Renaissance. Is what fair. you have? You this have a, is you bullshit. Have the king of a Renaissance fair with tigers. Man, I might just check out of the show if that happens. <laughs> and like, I'm not kidding. Oh my god. Okay. That's ridiculous. All right. All right, I think it comes off better than your your giving Maybe your it does. For. <laughs> I'm hearing Bengal tigers and it pays off. And ye old English, and I'm not having it. <laughs> yes, the the king's English. The king happens to be Ezekiel, <laughs> so whatever his English goes, man. Uh huh. That's that's an expression. Uh, so that's my take. Let's let's turn it over to the fans. Uh, Cynthia okay. B, longtime fan, longtime emailer, said I really liked Morgan's character. But that could be just because he was on for such a short time that I didn't have a chance to get sick of him. Mm. Uh, I can't see how... uh, I don't see how he can come back to The Walking Dead. He is filming a new TV show called Critical, which will be a 13-episode season. um, And uh, it's it's based on a British show called The Critical, which is all the rage now that, you know, we're remaking British stuff. Yeah. I know occasionally people can be on more than one show. If the timing, you know, it's easier on a 13-episode season than on a, like, a conventional 24-episode season. Yeah. It's probably even easier still when you go off on, like, a four-month hiatus in between half eight season. You know, an eight-episode here or there. Uh Uh-huh. And when you're only in two episodes for 15 seconds? Does that seem like that this... Do you think this kind of meta-universe that Cynthia, this meta-universe reason is going to be a definitive... Uh, problem for Morgan being a recurring character in the comics. Morgan does come back. Feel he, like it. he does not stick around very long. Uh, so I mean, imagine like the filming day that the actor Lenny James must have had for his two 
15 second scenes in this whole half season. Like he only had to be on set for about two hours. Probably. Yeah, he could have flown into he could have flown yes. into Atlanta anytime, anytime. If uh, they do second that, unit comes out there and shoots him. What if they do that for another half season? Because he still be hasn't dumb. caught up with them, and we know that they've left by the time and he's he gets several there. months behind. Months behind. So, what if he gets there like right after the? They introduce Negan. Negan beats Glenn slash Daryl's head into the ground. Mm-hmm. We're at a super low moment. Rick and his company are burying the dead and licking their wounds and trying to figure out what the fuck their next move is. And uh, Morgan comes up to the gates of Richmond slash Alexander slash Hilltop slash the kingdom wherever. Yeah, I feel like that's where he's going to find them. So, somewhere in that group of civilizations. And then he dies. And they and need then, time to get there. Then that like, that punts it down a year. Yeah. So is he a regular on this series? Is he going to be is he going in to die? multiple years? Is is, is he going to yeah. maybe maybe Morgan gets like if they really want to cheap out, they could beat Morgan to death. Oh yeah, they could. He joins Rick just long enough to like get established as a well loved character again, and then when when he stands up to Negan and Negan busts him, he can beat Morgan to death, and yeah. we can get keep Glenn in and Daryl. Does that feel cheap? Not not really. It's like, almost I'm more, more attached, tragic. I'm more attached to Morgan at this point than some of the characters we've been with for Glenn. most of this season. I mean, you gotta be careful. I, I don't. I'm not more attached to him than like Carol or Daryl or no, Rick. no, no, certainly not. But like Tara, Eugene, like any of those characters, I'm more attached to Morgan. And that, like I said, point. it's almost more tragic that these this this guy has missed Rick so much, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of this lost so cause. He finally he finds. Finally <laughs> This group and acceptance, and he gets beat to death. That would almost yeah. that that would work. It might, yeah. And then he can go off and he can do his British shows. Uh, Connor O'B. He has found a Yahoo uh, interview with the Gimple and Kirkman, and he says they're quoted throughout mainly about season five being what to expect in aftermath of Dead Beth. Some interesting points from an article that I want that you to talk about. Uh. Uh, they both say that we're definitely going to see some emotionally wrecked main cast at the beginning of season 5B. That's a given, right? Has to be, yeah. I mean, Rick was weepy. Daryl was devastated. Sasha just Maggie, lost her, her Maggie obviously boyfriend. devastated. Carol's, devastated. you know, sad. Everybody, man. Everybody's They've lost everything bummed. good about this world. Like Tyrese and Sasha would be like, I don't really know this girl, but whatever. <laughs> um, Judith. Judith is going to miss one of her main nurses. I mean... Beth was the nurse in 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 the prison sequence. Uh-huh. Uh at some point the rules that have applied to the group no longer apply. That's a hard one to parse. What yeah, rules what are he mean? talking about? Because to me that might hint about the whole script flipping that I talked about in the main cast that Rick is going to meet a group where he thinks they're evil and they're actually good. Mm, yeah. And he's going to meet a group where he thinks he can get the upper hand and he can't. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm taking away from that. I hope so. Uh, a gay male, male character is going to be introduced to the group. It could be double A, Ron. Um, Saw a lot of emails saying that Jesus, yes. Jesus might be that guy. Yeah, I've, I I, still, I do not remember. I guess that Jesus, who is his, is not his real name. First of all, people are assuming that I'm pronounce, mispronouncing Jesus. No, he's a white <laughs> dude that looks like he physically resembles the Western judeo well i guess not judeo christian kind of 
composite of what Jesus would look like. He's a skinny mm-hmm. white guy with long hair and a kind of well-trimmed beard, and he's a total badass. Okay, he's like a he's like a um, what do you call that? Uh, parkour, Krav Maga, Jason Bourne esque wrecking machine that huh. happens to look like a stereotypical Jesus Christ. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. And um, he's apparently gay. I don't. I did not get that. That th- I think one of the things because I was reading up on it in in the last week, and one of the things that Kirkman was kind of going for is just just this nondescript dude that turns out he's gay, and they you know you find out about it, but not a big deal is made out of it. Yeah, and he's a badass. And he's a badass. Yeah, um, it's like the Omar of the Walking Dead universe. Yep. Uh, the next point is there will be a Kirkman remix to the story, but some sections of the half cast will be extremely true to the comics. In parenth- uh, parentheses, he wonders, is this Maggie's suicide? Hmm. And finally, Beth's death isn't the last devastating event to hit the group. That's got to be hinting towards a Negan death, right? That's got to be... I would think so. That's got to be Glenn or Daryl or maybe Morgan. Yeah, you can even take the last thing he said to mean... Richmond slash Alexandria. Sure. Um, thanks for that, Connor. Ashley H. said, uh, I'm predicting that I'm changing my mind about Negan showing up in the season 5B finale. If I recall correctly, before he appears, there's an attack on Alexandria, I think in the form of a herd. I remember there being some mm. random woman that Rick starts dating. Uh, her and her son get killed. And I want to say this is where Carl gets shot again. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally not clear on the details anymore, Carl but I know... shot again? <laughs> Shot in the face, blows out his eye. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to see that. Uh, he's wearing an eye patch from there on. Uh, there <laughs> from, from there on out. I'm not totally clear on the details anymore, but I know the last panel of the issue is the insane drawing of Carl with half his face missing. <laughs> I'm now wondering if that's where the season could end. Could they even do that on AMC? At Walker Stalker Con in Atlanta, Chandler Riggs said one of his favorite episodes is in 5B, and I kind of want this to be it. <laughs> Yeah, I, several people said that 509, which is a Nicotero joint, by the way, Kay. is the best episode in Walking Dead history. Now, They've said I that have said that. I've heard that said about, a you know, most recently Andrew Lincoln talked about, uh, uh, you know, the episode where he was in a coma and Carl was eating pudding. Yeah. Did not think that was the best episode in Walking Dead history. Mm. So I'm going to wait and see. I think it's. I think they're talking about Maggie committing suicide. It could be, although if Chandler Riggs is saying it, you know, blowing his eye out could be pretty cool. <laughs> but that there's no him. way that's going to be five oh nine. Yeah, it can't be five oh nine. No way. Uh, no way. Hmm. But yeah, I mean yeah. that could. You're right. That we could not see Negan, and and the the herd collapsing Alexander and everybody running pell mell and and. Uh, uh, you know, Rick's love interest and that little girl, or maybe it might have been a little boy, and, and Carl getting his face half blown off, that could that could work for a, a climax of a season for damn sure. Definitely. Then you got to wonder when they're going to introduce Negan. Are they going to keep him for the second half of 6, 6A? A, a 6A, 6A cliffhanger? Because that's the kind of, like, in, Negan beating someone to death is not something you just pull out in the middle of the season. It, or is it? Would that be awesome? Well, they did it with Bob. They had somebody True. eat Bob's leg off True. and kill him maybe we're making too big of a deal at this moment maybe it will won't be a finale it'll be just yeah. a mid-season type of deal and i'm not talking about like mid-season finale. i'm talking just mid-season yeah yeah 
Jacob S says, "Hey guys." Jacob S says, "Hey guys, listening to the spoiler section. You probably had someone else point this out, but I think Jesus is gay in the comics, and I believe that's who Kirkman is referring to. You are the winner, winner, chicken dinner, first person Ooh. that that called me out on this. A lot of people called, yeah, you out. tons, tons. But you're the first. That's why you get mentioned. So yeah, it could be. I always think when I think of gay characters, I think of Aaron because he has got like a they're a couple and they're openly gay. Whereas I don't even remember Jesus." Like, I guess it's like he maybe spooned with somebody or he just casually mentioned he was gay. Spooned with somebody? But he doesn't have, like, a regular boyfriend, and it's not a big deal made of it. And and proof Mm. of that fact, I don't remember him being gay, Uh, which is kind of cool. I'm sure people write in and tell you exactly what scenes. No, I know, and I'm going to to go back and reread, like, everything from this point where where Eugene gets outed on in the off-season to kind of kind of refresh myself, because I've forgotten a lot, frankly. Nicholas G says some predictions kicking off the second half of the season. I think we'll see a small time skip of maybe a week or two in order for the group to deal with the death of Beth and uh, plan their next move. What's eventually they will decide will go is to go towards Virginia after Noah tells them about his uncle being in the safe zone, which is presumably Alexandria. Um, that's seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Also in an interview, Greg Nicotero, which is director of episode nine stated, this is the best episode, which implies he's either hyping up the return of the walking dead in February <laughs> entirely valid. <laughs> yeah. Or that we'll see another character death, which is unlikely after Coda and maybe the return of the giant zombie herd from early season four. I hope so. Uh, he talks about it's highly likely the comic Maggie suicide attempt will occur around episode 10 or 13. I think it's nine just, you know, from what I'm, I'm seeing here. Um, the group may be inadvertently or purposely split again during this time, as we note uh, how much the writers love to split the group up for seemingly no good reason. The group may reach Alexandria, uh, and I'll put a slash Richmond there, safe zone around episode 14. We'll see the group meet with Morgan again, possibly around this time or towards the end of the season. However, I believe the writers may spice up the return of Morgan by having him come across some of the members of Rick's group who do not know where he is, and some conflict may occur. I'm thinking for some reason this will involve a confrontation between Morgan and Abraham, and then the groups will converge somehow, and Rick will announce he knows Morgan and he will join, therefore creating some tension between the members of the group. The finale will probably include a character death, which I think will either be Carol or Tyrese, and maybe see Rick go back to his farmer ways. Oh, man. What do you think of all that? Those predictions are varying from what everybody else seems to think is going to happen. So they're bold. I like that. Uh, not even getting to Ale- Alexandria yeah. before the f- climax of the season. I kind of hope they do, and it feels to me like because of the fast pace of this last half season, I have faith that they will. Like I don't think they're going to drag out this road trip for much longer than absolutely necessary. So I'm not sure I buy all your theories, but kudos for the uh, the cojones to predict them. Indeed. Not they- going with the pack there. <laughs> Nathan P. said, It's something to be said about how Kirkman and company have fucked up, seeing as the only way to make Maggie more interesting as a character, or rather have a good plot line, is to have her attempt suicide. Glenn and Maggie have completely lost the spotlight in the show, either as part of the badass group or as the group's key couple. Gone is a romance and chemistry. Instead, they're just background. The only way of reigniting the spark, or rather the interest in their characters and their relationship, is to have Maggie distraught over losing Beth, Again, retconning 16 episodes of not caring about her sister and having her try to off herself. And surprisingly, we're all okay with that. And I'm not really okay with being okay with that. (laughs) What have you done to my feelings, The Walking Dead? 
he's got kind of a point that mm-hmm. we're all like, oh, Maggie's suicide. Maybe we can start caring about the Greens again. That's fucked up. It is, but that's the corner they've put themselves in. It felt a hell of a lot more natural in the comics. Okay. They did a much better job of A goes to B, goes to C, goes to her hanging herself. They they did it much faster in the comics, though, didn't they? Uh, like, well, I don't the, the know prison, about that. The prison has been at least sure. a month ago. Like, like, like the, I've always said that like the whole farm arc was a single fucking issue of the comic book that they stretched out to 13 episodes. Yeah, Prison was like 10 to 12 issues that they, they stretched out to two years. So I just... Don't. It feels like at this stage of the zombie apocalypse, I don't know that anybody is so distra- anybody who's still alive is so distraught that they would kill themselves over things that happen in the apocalypse. No, nah, I don't have a problem with like the Beth thing is the most viable uh, thing for Maggie to get upset about. Certainly, I just I like feel like these people are too hard to get all worked up about this stuff anymore. I don't know about that. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I, you know, two years into hell on earth, you might be a little less concerned with, like, if you've wanted to stay alive this long, what is it that changes your mind at this fucking point? Yeah, I, like, Good yeah, God. You, you look at war. Like, look at like you know we're big fans of Dan Carlin. Sure, World War One. World let's, War One was was literally hell on earth. Yes. Like I would rather be in the Walking Dead apocalypse I would than too. a trench in the Somme or one of those <laughs> oh fucking deals. Yeah. Uh, regardless of being exposed to those horrors day in and day out, you always had a buddy or two that if they died, it was extra hard versus like just your run of the mill, everyone around you dying. And there were still guys that were committing suicide and doing irrational things after six months to a year of being on the campaign. So yeah, you're right. You're right. You never know. I mean, people people are machines and they break down at varying intervals. You just don't know. Sure. Uh, okay. So let's move on to Aaron Double Aaron T. So I have a couple questions for you about your predictions and The Walking Dead in general. Did you happen to read a recent article where Andrew Lincoln says this upcoming episode nine? Jesus Christ, they've got the whole fucking group parroting this. They do. Episode 9 of season 5 is the greatest ever, and episode 10 will be the episode that I... Get hype! Andrew Lincoln always wanted to shoot. The one where I get kicked off The Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this is just lip service? If not, what do you think could happen for both the statements by Lincoln to be true, particularly the first one? Man, it's lip service. At this point, like I... But it's got to be something epic. It's something, but it's not anything as good as you're hoping for. I can almost guarantee that. <laughs> I mean, the way the they're talking about and what really weirds me out is the follow up. Like he's talking almost like Glenn dying or Daryl dying, and mm-hmm. they're surely like if they do that, they open up the, fi- the season five B and then maintain that somehow throughout. That would be a statement. That's the other thing that drives me crazy about The Walking Dead. They could write this ship. There's 18 million people watching it. They mm-hmm. could do a statement episode to like send everyone, haters and critics and everyone ever, hey, we're going to do five consistent episodes. We're going to do a whole half season strong. You got to take us seriously now. Yeah, and this is what The Walking Dead is. Yes, we there are redefining no what's crisis. possible. Yes, they just mm-hmm. don't ever do that. 
I feel like they had an opportunity, and they kind of did do it with the first episode of this season. But yeah. they've, they've gone back on that. Yeah, if if episode five, if season five A would have been even a ninety percent across the board, people would be because you already had like in Andy Greenwald and Alan Seppenwall up until about two episodes ago were like singing this show's fucking praises. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the the Maggie's death might be that event, right? I just don't know the the aftermath episode. How that is like something yeah. that Andrew's like super like. What the fuck is going on that Mister Lincoln is super proud about his work on Five Ten? Mister Lincoln. Yeah, Mister Lincoln. I call him Andy. I'm well. I'm I'm uh, nasty, so I call him Mister Lincoln. <laughs> the Shaniac says I nominate comedian Jim Jeffries for discussion on the Negan Rule. Jim is as dirty uh, in a vocabulary as it gets as a comedian, and we know from Breaking Good podcast that the theory is that if someone is good at comedy, they can be just as good at drama. Plus, he looks just like Negan from the comics. Also, a friend of mine fell, fell victim to being responsible for Jeffries as a sort of companion to show him a good time while he visited Kansas City. Can I read this? Or am I reading a tale about an escort service? Can I read this on the podcast? No, no, show, show him a good time doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> I'm just saying... Every single time I've seen on like Boardwalk Empire, someone being shown a good idea at the time, there was nakedness and sex involved, hmm. and probably drugs. Yeah. So Shaniac, I don't know. I don't know about where this is going. Uh, he told me that he is exactly what he is like on stage in person. They got into no less than four fights while bar hopping one night. Can they go the? Uh, we've been going serious, intense, dramatic actors and badasses. Could go get they go the other way and get a comic to be as menacing as Negan needs to be. Uh, you, you, I, the problem I'm is sure I don't know how. If you I am looking at pictures of him, if yes. you Google him, he kind of looks roughly. I mean, Negan looks kind of like a a big headed tough dude in a leather jacket. He looks like a 1950s biker villain. So okay. he could be that guy. He could appearance. definitely be that guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about Jim Jeffries. I don't know much about Negan. You're asking a guy uh, to speculate on something he has no idea about. So, can't, All right. can't do it. Sorry. Useless. Useless, Jim Jones. <laughs> Andrew H. said, The thematic mission of the comic seems to be rather dark, addressing the question of what would happen if human beings had to repopulate the Earth. Okay. That is, we are visiting a time in our history, or we are revisiting a time in our history when the world was relatively underpopulated and a small number of warring clans fought brutally over limited resources. Does With this... a horde of the undead all around. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure back I in know. mankind's prehistory, we had like Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Oh, yeah. And Stegosaurus and uh-huh. like fucking. We rode them, though. Brontosaurus. We, we had saddles. We had T Rex saddles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dino Riders. Uh huh. It's a documentary they had on that time. <laughs> Uh, so does this feel like Kirkman's Alexander community versus Negan's saviors? So he's like, is this a parable for like the dawn of humanity, a mm. way to talk about how civilization changes and, and, and how it violently and peacefully assembles governments. And I want to say, I hope so. Yeah. Cause that would add some really interesting stuff to a show that needs really interesting stuff Yeah, to make it compelling. So, yeah, please, please be that. He says he wants us to comment on that and also whether we agree with our, his assessment on Kirkman's take of the post-apocalyptic reestablishment of human society and whether the show is going to go in that direction. Would this be too dark for television, he wonders? Would it be edited out mm-hmm. like rape and suicide have been already? I don't see this storyline as particularly dark. 
reestablishment of the human species. That seems like the closest we've had to hope in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Anything else? So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't no, think... I... Uh, mankind scrapping and fighting over the apocalypse, I don't think, is, is particularly dark material. Yeah. Uh, Edwin C. said, first, I'll give you... First, I'll start by giving you my perfect actor for the role of Negan, and that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He fits Negan's image perfectly. My only concern is if he could pull off the character. I don't know anything about this guy. Yeah, I don't know. He's famous for being in, like, a Grey's Anatomy series. He looks like Negan. He looks a hell of a lot like Negan. Uh, Uh, But Edwin says he might not be able to pull off the character... Um, oh, I've seen this guy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't maybe have the... He has never demonstrated the crazy intensity of Negan. Oh, he's in Watchmen. He's, uh... He's in Watchmen? Yeah, he's... Is he the comedian? He's the comedian, yeah. Well, then, yeah, yeah he can be Negan. Oh, sure. Yeah. He could totally be him, yeah. Uh, he says, you were taking guesses as to who the gay character will be next half season. Uh, oh, he also took me to task. Oh, wait, Jesus no, he's not. Gay. He's a guy that looks like him. What? <laughs> Never mind. He's the guy that I don't think it's the same guy. He's the guy that looks like the comedian. Who the hell are you talking about? What's what's his character in IMDb for watching? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. IMDb. And I'm gonna continue. Okay. It seems that they are headed to the Alexander Safe Zone next season. I think we'll spend the rest of the season there. He is we a watchman. Ha- what he is? Yeah. What does he play? Uh he plays the comedian, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay. It is him, yeah. He could totally be Negan then. Okay. Uh, we have the group arriving there, which can take up an episode. We also have many struggles that will happen within the safe zone. I feel will eat up the whole season. Uh, these being, he's got six points. Oh, boy. Uh, one, the group fitting in with people who haven't seen the horrors that they have. They've been living behind hmm. walls and feeling relatively safe. Um, Woodbury 2.0. Or the hospital 2.0. <laughs> yep. So I'm kind of like, I don't really give a shit about seeing that anymore. I've seen it. The farm. I've 2.0. seen it before. Yep. <laughs> uh, two, Rick and Michonne are appointed the new sheriff and deputy of the community. That's interesting. And that could actually okay. draw them closer. Because in the comics, he and Andrea pair up. Oh, okay. And interestingly, Michonne and King Ezekiel pair up. I think it'd be much more interesting for them to be sheriff and deputy and kind of evolve romantically that way. Mm-hmm. Three, Rick struggled to follow the rules of a pe- That's what Andrew Lincoln's talking about. He's got a sex scene with Deny, and that's what he's been always wanting to shoot. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was Carl who Dirty was saying dog. it was his favorite episode. No, it was Andrew Lincoln saying okay. episode 510. Nice. So distraught about Maggie, they do some comfort boning. Yep. And that's what's going on here. Uh, Rick struggled to follow the rules of a peaceful and normal society. That's the kind of thing I was touching on. That he's so on guard about the uh, governors and hunters of the world that he can't just relax and be with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Rick and the current leader of the Safe Stone st- struggle for power. Something we talked about a couple spoiler sections that you had these low-level government functionaries that are running. I think that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. they got you. I got bureaucrats versus warlords. Warlords. <laughs> yeah. Who, who like wins it. when you've got Rick as a kind of a a samurai chivalrous lord, warlord. Yeah, sounds cool. Kind of Battlestar Galactic, Galactic-y. All right, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, five, Rick struggled to deal with herds, or actually the group struggled to deal with herds. Mm-hmm. And six, the zone dealing with raiders trying to get in. Uh, so you've got all those different things. That... All of these sound awesome. I want to see every single one in the next half season. And it's all different, <laughs> stuff that we haven't seen before. Yeah. 
Another theory I had is what if Daryl separated from the group? Kirkman has stated that the character Dwight is an analog representing Daryl in the comics. I did not know that. And I think it would be cool to take him away from a season only to reinduce him with the Negan group. It would fit into the story nicely. The only question is if the show could just survive that long without him. So in the comics, Dwight is a character who's kind of abused by Negan, but he's also his right-hand man. Mm-hmm. I don't... Daryl already went through that with Joe. It's going to feel like a rehash. Milton. We saw Milton. We saw... But like, Daryl did this with Joe and ended up with an attempted Carl rape, and I, I feel like they've already gone there. That's already been remixed. Yeah. We don't need to see it again. Uh, lastly, I'd like to know how you feel about the two-year time jump in the comics and how the show could prosper from doing the same. So this is Matt and big spoilers, but in the comic book, uh, Negan eventually is defeated in a storyline called appropriately All Out War. And then they flash forward two years to show what the future looks like with these three or four communities tight knit and cooperative and under Rick's kind of leadership. And things are pretty good with some undercurrents of darkness. Hmm. You, I don't have any problem with the show flashing forward two years. It would help with Chandler Riggs being like a 20 year old man at this point. Yeah. And once Negan's defeated, like times of peace and prosperity are kind of boring. Yeah. You jump forward to see how far, Oh wow. They've got a windmill and it's, it's making grain and they've mastered the art of, uh, uh, metal making and you can kind of see that as interesting, but it's not interesting to see that in real time. Yeah, sure. So I don't have a problem with them jumping two years in the future. No, do it. I'm okay. I think it'd be ballsy. Yeah. You can get Judith, uh, growing up a little bit too. She can have some lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, last one. Last one. Anthony B. said, One guy you didn't mention last week is the possible forthcoming gay character of Paul Monroe, better known as Jesus. Shoot, I screwed this up. I actually All right. put damn near every email that took me to task. <laughs> um, but he, he also said, in fact, if I remember correctly, Rick's gang actually beats him up and takes him as prisoner for a while. That's the thing I was talking about as far as Rick making mistakes and how he handles some of the post-apocalyptic people he meets. That's it. Okay. That is a podcast. We're done. Sounds good. We're taking Sounds two months good. off. Not really. <laughs> no. Two months off The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, that's it for Season 5A coverage. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate all your support through The Walking Dead. Uh, we'll be back, like Aaron said, in two months. Aaron, thank you very I, much. I, 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 don't, I did, don't be outing me. I didn't. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. I'll see you later.